When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, Wrestling Inc. Welcome here to the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel, live cast, the first ever Winkly Live. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman, and I am joined right now at this time by the one and only Justin Labar. Justin, welcome. Welcome to the Winkly. Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, this will be fun. Oh, it's going to be great. We're going to be here every Thursday at noon Eastern for like the foreseeable future at this point. Like this is our lives now, Justin, every Thursday. Just chatting the news. Chat it up. Yeah, we've uh, we've actually done this in the past. For those of you that have been following Justin and I, uh, we did this for 120 Sports for a long time. And uh, I showed you the the video yesterday, Justin. <laughs> Obviously, you've been quite an influence on on my life as well. Uh, you, you caught OTP Wrestling, yes? Yeah, you, when you sent me that link, I had a good. Uh, I mean, I didn't watch the full thing. I have to admit, but I watched a, a healthy portion. I had a good, uh, good, good, good bit of entertainment and laugh. Uh, it, it brought brought me back uh, to thinking about yes, what what where chair shot was in about 2012 when you shot that, and and, and the inspiration that, that could lie there. Well, and the thing is, right, Justin, chair shot reality coming to an end. I wanted to start there and put that over. Uh, the final episode was it today? Is it this weekend? When does it go out? Yeah, I'm I'm filming it uh, in about four hours from now, uh, and they, that will all go out um, uh, tomorrow on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel. At some point tomorrow, I don't have the exact time, but it uh, we'll put all. I think it'll be six videos, six segments. Um, so we'll put it all out for everybody to binge and enjoy. And we're having you know Ghoulish is coming back, Eisenberg's coming up from Florida, Rennell, uh We're gonna have you know, a lot of the guys from the past, so it'll be fun. We'll talk about a lot of things and just uh, for everybody that supported us for 430 episodes, 430 weekends. So that's that, 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 that's eight years plus. Um, you know, so we're looking forward to just saying thanks to everybody and a farewell and end of an era. Well, when you think back, though, Justin, I'll ask you one more CSR-related question. Is there, like, one chair shot reality moment that really stands out to you? Like, man, I can't believe we are doing this as part of chair shot reality. I don't know if I'd say one moment. I mean, we were pretty, you know, I, I, there was times where it was like, you know, you, I sat back for a second. I said, you know, this is pretty cool from something going from a literally, you know, starting in a, in, a, in a basement and then, you know, being in a professional studio, you know, having Vince Russo there um, in studio. And it can just because Vince is, you know, is somebody who's, He's, he's, he's just such a character. I'll just let it put it that way. So having him come in from Colorado and be in there, and, and we've had, you know having Nash, having Hardy, having I think just having the people in the studio. It's one thing when you can obviously get them on the phone or a Skype or something to to do a podcast, but when you can physically get them in there uh, and they took time out of their lives, they've made it part of their booking schedule. Essentially, that yeah, I think you just look back and you go, okay, this is this is we've accomplished something, you know? So well, this was very much your bridge into like what would become your, what is now your adult livelihood, right? This, yeah, like, I, I said, yeah, I said, I said to my wife last night, cause she was like, you know, I, she's like, I feel like you're not showing as much emotion. I'm like, I'm not really sure how to process it all. I said, but I, you know, I, I never, I didn't realize that when we did, when we did the first chair shot for no money and it was complete uh, random pilot pitch essentially uh, for the previous, um, the previous place, you know, I never knew that when by doing that, that, that forever my life would change. Cause now I'm a forever. My life has changed. So. You're like a Wayne's World success story, Justin. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's funny you say that because I used to always, when I when I tell people what Chair Shot was in the early days, 
I would always like like people like non wrestling fans like if yeah. they said like, what do you, what's this thing you're talking about you're doing I would say I'm like it's basically like way in the world for wrestling that, that's how I would describe it so it's funny you mentioned that well party on excellence check it out chair shot reality final episode coming out episodes coming out this uh, this weekend then yes into next week yep final episode with uh, like I said six segments that will all be there for you to binge watch on the playlist uh, here on the wrestling Inc. YouTube channel so uh, hopefully people will enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. And like I say, I'm getting I'm getting to to move forward with you, Justin. So every Thursday you need that Labar. Uh we we have Labar. That's not is that kind of like Cesar what Cesar and Sheamus has, say? Like we they, have Labar. They, 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 they said he doesn't just set the bar, he is Labar. There we go. So there you go. Um man, and we could use a bar for this show. I want a kegerator in this room. Totally different thought. Uh, this is the first live Winkly news recording segment. Thank you all for tuning in right now. Share this out. Let your friends know. We're going to be here every Thursday at noon Eastern. Uh, if you're listening to the show right now, we're going to be talking just the news. It's going to go about 30, 45 minutes. When we're done, I'm going to take the audio from this. We're going to put it on the Wrestling Inc. audio channel, and I'm going to include some interviews. So you'll get this news segment, which you already enjoyed. You can tell a friend to go find that. But you're also going to get to hear from Ring of Honor's Matt Taven, Jerry Lynn, Dr. Tom Pritchard, Mark Marrow, and uh, I guess an interview that I conducted that is that made its way into the Observer this morning. Uh, Ring of Honor COO Joe Coff uh, is going to be rounding out the show today, and of course, uh, it, the interview found its way to the Observer because Joe said he doesn't see the Young Bucks in Ring of Honor in, in 2019. So we'll talk a bit about that here in a bit. You're going to get the full interview with Joe here at, later in the show with a lot more, a lot, lot more than just that in it. So uh, check that out. Uh, we are not going to have the views from the Turnbuckle Audio Edition. Jesse's another week behind, so we'll have him back next week. Uh, I do want to say from last week, the, uh, the interview I did with Conan has also made waves. We have an article right now on the front page about how he was supposed to be Lashley's mouthpiece and impact, and he has some harsh words for WWE creative. Uh, and uh, before we get to the news, uh, Justin and I did do the Wink podcast yesterday, and we talked uh, uh, at length about the Dynamite Kid, but I did want to once again, uh, start the show by acknowledging the passing uh, of Dynamite Kid, age of 60. Uh, we continue to send our thoughts and condolences out to him. But let's get to the news here. We'll start with some WWE stuff, and uh, we'll get to the Joe Coff, uh, Young Bucks, Cody news here in a bit. Monday Night Raw was, of course, uh, a couple nights ago, Justin. And uh, sounds like, according to the Observer, last week's Raw, this week's Raw, have a, have a theme. They were both rewritten kind of last second by Vince McMahon, um, and this week in particular, I guess he rewrote it restlessly because of the passing of George H.W. Bush, former 40, 41st president. They were in Houston. They wanted to make sure it was a happier Raw, I guess. Um, what's your take on Vince kind of last second throwing the script out here each week now, Justin? Well, you know, if, if, if that's true, if, we're, if, if, we, if we think that that's true, uh, we're going to go base off that it is true, then it was a bad call because it was it was a terrible Raw. Um, this might have been the, this might be the worst two weeks. This might be the worst consecutive two weeks of, of Monday Night Raw in history. And that's, that's there's a lot of episodes. That's 25 years to pick from. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 given the fact that because they were in Texas, I, I, I can give a little bit of, um, you know, validity if, if, if Vince was thinking, OK, I want to change the mood because of the passing of, of, a, of, a, of a man who's huge, you know, a man who's, you know, huge in Texas and obviously the former president. I, I mean, I understand it's a bit trying to do that. But at the same time, I think whenever you're trying to do last minute scripts, I mean, there's just, I mean, that 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 just creates so many problems. And like, and creatively with anything, when one person just goes into a corner and just hogs it all, I mean, I, I think that I think in most creative aspects, not just not just writing a pro wrestling show or sports entertainment show, but whether it's 
writing music or writing a movie or whatever, I, I think that, that there's a lot of danger in that. And you want, you want to have some checks and balances of other people's ideas, especially when, you know, I, I think with Vince, I know a lot of fans might think, you know, okay, Vince needs to retire. He needs to put the pen down. Triple H needs a book. Look at how good NXT is. First off, we don't actually see what goes on step by step. So it's a, it's a little, it's a little irresponsible to say that. I will say though, my takeaway from all this with Vince is, I think Vince is always going to be really good at. He, I think he adds a lot of little touches and a lot of things that we don't know. We don't know gets attributed to him. You know, we always hear talent saying the guy's a genius. The guy's a genius, right. and this is talent that's not with him anymore. So it's not like they have to suck up to him. I think he. I think he still does a lot of little things that we'll never know that he he put that touch on. Um, you know, maybe big picture is there. Is, does he need? It, should there be changes? I, I think based upon the last two weeks of Raw, you can make a case that yes, there there needs to be whatever the process is. It needs to be shook up. I don't think shook up in the way of having Vince do it all by himself is the way to go, though. And it's it's tough, right? I mean, Vince is still very much the man in WWE. Uh, everybody looks to him. The the stock investors, what it sounds like, really would be unhappy if Vince became less hands-on with the product. Uh, I don't know if that's just on a creative end or, or on a business end. I, um, I do think that, yeah, there is something very different about Raw than SmackDown. It does sound like from other reports, also from the Observer, Vince doesn't really go to SmackDown. He conference calls in. Uh, he was obviously there for SmackDown 1000, which ended the streak of not my favorite SmackDowns uh, or, you know, some of my favorite SmackDowns that came to abruptly to an end. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how you get through to this guy to step away. I, I think it's interesting that the I'm, all, all due respect to George H.W. Bush, 41st president. I don't know how his passing affects storylines in the WWE universe. Right. That seems a little odd to me if, if that is the reasoning why he's rewriting the show. Right. Um, to, to, to wit, uh, I will say this past week's Raw was the lowest uh, viewed Raw in history, uh, a little over 2.1 million. Um, you know, again, I, how important is that number? What are DVR views? What are the YouTube numbers, right? right. I, I don't, and, the look, and, the, and the tough thing is in, in, in the wrestling world, for, all, for you and me and for everybody else that, that does this, you know, we know based upon the past of wrestling that 2.1 million is low. Okay, we know, you know, but on that scale, that's low. Right. But to most other weekly episodic television, they would love to have a consistent 2.1 every single week and know they have 2.1. So I, that, that's where it becomes, you know, yeah, we can, we can, we can cry wolf in the wrestling world of how terrible this is. But in the television world, and like I said, not even counting some, you know, what do the YouTube views do? What did Hulu do? You know, not even counting all these other platforms. Um, and, and, you know, Vince just sold 20, I think $22 million worth of stock share. He's still worth about $3.2 billion. I mean, so what do you think is really going to get through to him at the end of the day? And I, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if, if, if him seeing 2.1 million and somebody saying, Hey, it's the lowest ever. I don't know if that's going to, you know, what that's going to do to a guy who's over 70 and has accomplished so much. I mean, you know, he's, he's not, he's certainly not a guy who's going to panic. But that's the thing, Justin. He's like a runaway freight train. How do you stop this thing? Right? <laughs> like the, it's like a freight train, but it's filled with money, and there's like money flying off the top of the train as it like shoots down the tracks. Everybody's grabbing at the dollars as the train flies down the the tracks. Very good metaphor I just had there. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know how you break through this guy either. Some I hope maybe he'll be more distracted. We're gonna talk some XFL stuff here in a little bit. Maybe that'll that'll catch his eye. Uh, the twenty-two million from the uh, the stock thing. Maybe you just wanted to buy a house somewhere. It's hard to tell, right? <laughs> you know where you got to peel the dollars off sometimes. Uh, but maybe, maybe, maybe I, I wanted to go on vacation, so I made sure I dispensed twenty-two million dollars. Well, you know the realistic, the real, 
the real thing here, we know the answer, what would get Vince motivated to try something different and allow somebody else to step in creatively is competition, right? Um, I, I have it a little bit further down. I have all my things around me here. Um, I have a little bit further down the list here, but I will, let, I'll toss the AEW uh, updates into this. The Young Bucks uh, confirming that they have talked with an investor. They want to keep their options open. They're, they don't, they didn't really want to comment on it. Um, but, you know, Ring of Honor. We're going to talk about all the talent they're signing up right now. You know, a lot of brands on the rise here. Maybe healthier competition uh, is the way to move the needle with Vince if he sees that other people are starting to make waves into his his marketplace. Perhaps you know, I, I Vince is so um, battle tested. I mean, the guy was damn near out of business because of Ted Turner, and he and he and he, and he, sur- and he survived that, and then squashed and purchased the competition. I don't know if there's any level of competition that could really shake and get Vince to react the way that we're hypothetically uh, pitching here, unless somebody did try to go head to head. And I don't think anybody would find that to be a wise way to take their investment. I don't think, you know I mean? I know TNT, I mean, I believe TNA tried back in. Well, yes, you're right. And Michael Weissman, by the way, wrote a great article that's on the site went live yesterday talking about the time that impact TNA did a better rating, did more viewership than this past two weeks of raw. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I don't think, because again, even you know, even if, um, you know, uh, even if a new promotion with the Bucks or something, and and all that, all that uh, gossip happens, and ROH is doing really well in their circle, even so, I don't think it's going to like affect numbers for WWE to the point to where he's going to feel like he needs to do any change. You know, he's also, I think, also very much. I think he believes it when he says, you know, okay, their wrestling companies were an entertainment company, so you know, he he might make it an apple to apple to oranges kind of thing. But I think the only way that you would really get a, maybe a panic reactionary offensive man, uh, not knowing, I'm just guessing here is again, if somebody really tried to go head to head with them. And I, I just don't see anybody thinking that that's a wise move uh, to do. Well, uh, you know, the, the bucks there, the Jacksonville Jaguars, there, there are trademarks out there. There is one trademark out there right now for Tuesday okay. night dynamite, which is, which would put them head to head with SmackDown theoretically, unless mm-hmm. SmackDown moves to Friday here. It sounds like when they go to Fox, Right. Uh, I don't know, man. A lot of, a lot of wild, a lot of, a lot of cowboys out there with some big dollars floating around. There is, and maybe in one other way, I guess maybe that it, it may be okay if, if it's if it's not somebody going head to head would be if somebody significant from from Vince went to there. So you know, you know, it, it, some. I mean, when I say somebody significant, I mean, well, I don't know about Punk. It, Punk I mean, wrestling would be a thing. It would. Oh no, no, don't get me wrong. It would be a draw. It would be. It would. We would be top story everywhere. Um, I'm saying like somebody currently with it, if somebody decided to up and leave and pull Alex Luger, essentially, if somebody, if somebody really in the middle of the night wanted to, you know, somebody significant, I'm not talking about a, a low level guy, but if, if somebody from his top tier, a, a Daniel Bryan, a John Cena, a Randy Orton, go, go anywhere in the top tier. If somebody made a move, I don't think any of those names, by the way, those are just the first names that popped in my head. Um, but it, it maybe that would go, that would catch his attention. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to inflame, you know, smoke <laughs> or anything here, but John Cena is kind of like at the point now where Hogan was bef- like a couple years before he did the WCW jump, right? Like he'd kind of, you know, yeah. fallen a little bit out of favor with Vince. He wasn't. Well, coming John, John's never leaving the WWE family. That's never going to happen. That's not happening. Um, he talks, man. I mean, he doesn't. No, I don't. <laughs> but that would be that would be a realistic comparison, though. No, right? the, the comparison is correct. Yeah, the, the comparison of, of Hogan of, of, of early '90s early moving into the mid nineties as the new generation was happening in WWF is similar to Cena as, as he's 
you know, on his way out with Hollywood and, and, and here or there. But I, I don't, he's never leaving the, the, the WWE family. But I mean, it would have to take somebody of some real significance at WWE that currently in WWE, I think, to jump ship for maybe Vince to go, all right, what is this thing that's over here? John Cena starts filming Thunder in Paradise down at Universal. <laughs> Everybody just start taking notes. Um, somebody who somebody who will, I mean, theoretically, I guess, be a free agent here while we're talking about Raw. Rhino uh, announced his retirement in front of the live crowd after losing to Heath Slater in a Loser Leaves Raw match. Uh, Heath Slater now a referee. Rhino now retired. Uh, let's start with the the. Let's start with Rhino. I'm I'm a big Rhino fan. I I don't know. I'm sure you've worked with Rhino quite a bit uh, on the coast. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's he was a former member of Team Labar. Uh, yeah, great guy, great guy. Um, wait, now wait, I was I was Rhino's manager for one night. So, so there we have something in common. We have we have mutual clients. Yes, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but then I don't think he worked for me again. I don't think he was really. It's like an acquaintance. Um, yeah, man, he is a guy who has just. I mean, what a story to tell. That's the movie. That's the book I want. Is a guy like uh, is a guy. It's hard for me to call him Rhino uh that's a that's the that's the guy that i would love to see his story all the way through ecw then he kind of faded off to the indies and and came back in wwe and you know didn't reach the heights that he had obviously as like the final ecw champion but you know had a really fun run also all the stuff he did there in impact i mean this guy's had a career yeah you figure for, since the late 90s i don't know maybe 97 98 i mean if really from the late 90s um rhino has been st- well he's always been steadily booked but he's been on national tv for for a good portion of it whether it's his, whether it's ecw when they got to to national tv whether it's wwe or whether it's impact i mean um so that that there's something to be said for that you know that that's not there's not a whole lot of guys that can claim that there really is i mean like you know and, and then sometimes it's guys that we don't always think you know like like our truth's another one our truth is one who's been readily who's been steadily um employed uh despite the fact that he's fluctuated from main event at certain times to dance break filler uh, but yeah, Rhino, I mean, you know, guy, I think he's like 43, I think he is right now. So, I mean, he looks and he, you know, he seems to have, I haven't talked to him in a while, but he looks great. Uh, yeah. Seems to be doing well. Obviously, I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's smart guy, you know, not, he's not scrounging around having to work for 20 bucks. Um, you know, he's, he's dabbled with politics. So, I mean, good by him. You know, he's got, he's now, he's got the rest, he's got, he's got the other second half of his life now. He's got, um, you well, know, second half of his life, he's got control of. This is great. And, and I'm sure, and I'm sure if he wants to stick around WWE and if he wanted to do, agent or producer wanted to help train i'm sure that they would openly welcome him i wouldn't be he'll pop up at the raw 50th anniversary or whatever <laughs> something like that um and he's got his boat dock now he up in michigan he's got yeah. big daddy's boat boatery boat dock boatery <laughs> um he's a man of my own heart that's what you know you get to the point if you can retire young and just ride around uh, drinking beer on your pontoon boat and flipping burgers that's a that's a nice way to that's a nice way to live uh, speaking of living, though, still in the WWE would be then Heath Slater, now a referee. Interesting move here. Where do you think they go with this, Justin? I don't know, but I like this. This might be one of the few bright spots I can really take away from Monday Night Raw from the creative is, as I like little things like this. Heath Slater is such a such the ultimate utility man. I mean, he he is he is always down for anything, and he tends to always make it as best as he can. You know, we always hear the the phrase, you know, from from the old, old 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 school dogs like like the Jim Rosses of you know maximize your minutes on camera make them make the most of what they give you own it you know and I, I think back to I remember being at Raw well, 1000 in St. Louis um, years ago and he was doing the whole thing building up to it where he was losing to the different uh, legends I mean he just he, he's just he's he, he's another one of those he's consummate professional you want to have him in your locker room no he's not going to be making a break at the the gate in the house um, of what you're drawing but just good reliable guy to have. 
there's a lot of potential what they could do with this uh, referee deal with him because he 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 can do comedic acting. So I, I I'd be I mean there's a lot of fun that they could have with this. I brought it up the other day. I'll bring it up again. Uh, Jimmy Corderas on Twitter said, "Wouldn't it be great if Heath Slater was made the referee for Corbin versus Strowman? How how poetic that could be." Yeah, no, that's uh, Jimmy K's got a point there. That'd be a great, great, great. Uh, speaking of Strowman, PW Insider reported Strowman was backstage at Raw. That was even acknowledged on camera, which was bizarre. I don't know. I can't ever remember a time WWE has acknowledged like an online report. It's like news and it didn't come to fruition. It was a little weird. Um, what do you think there what do you think's gonna happen with with Braun, Justin? Do you think he makes it to TLC? I don't. I, I think um I don't. I, I think even just as a precaution, keep him off. Um just to I mean, because you know, the worst thing you can do is 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 come back too early and re-aggravate or make something worse. They're already down right now, not having Roman Reigns. Uh, so you know, Braun and, and not having Brock every week. So I think at uh, this point, get through TLC. You got enough other things on TLC to to anchor the advertisement, you know, of, of for that show. Um, I, I I I truly do. I know I've been asking for it for two years, but I truly do. With with no more Roman right now, and you know Brock Lesnar probably going into an octagon in the next year somewhere. Um, I truly do think Braun Strowman's got to be the guy that's eventually going to pull this title off of Brock. Maybe as soon as Royal Rumble. Um, well, at WrestleVotes, uh, while we're talking titles here, reporting Seth Rollins was supposed to be dropping the IC title back when uh, Dean Ambrose turned heel to Elias. No no update on why the turn didn't happen. Um, I don't know. Just an interesting note there when it comes to titles. Uh, it certainly seems like Elias could be benefiting from the IC title right now. I don't really feel like Rollins needs it. This feud with Ambrose kind of stands on its own. Yeah, that uh, that report I'd heard something of the same thing. Uh, so yeah, but I, you're right. I mean, Elias. I mean, again, arguably right now, you know, with no Braun, no Roman. I mean, Elias is him and Seth are the number one baby faces basically on Raw. Um, I don't They're know if Elias to back up Finn. They're trying to heat Finn back up. Yeah, and well, let's let's see how committed they are to that. Let's you know that that seems to be a that seems to be a hot and cold kind of uh, situation there. And I don't know if that's a again. I don't know if that's a Vince writing in the corner for himself. I, I don't know, but that the, the Finn, ever since Finn got injured, the night he won the Universal Title, I feel like nothing has been. Uh, there's been no, there's just been no steady commitment for one reason or another. Three segments on Monday night. I did find that very interesting. You know, if they're you know trying to do something with Finn. Um, and uh, lastly, here as far as uh, Raw news, of course, Raw news goes. Uh, of course, the Raw Women's Division now helmed by Alexa Bliss uh, on Busted Open Radio. Mark Henry said he had heard Alexa was cleared to wrestle after talking to her. F4W now reporting Alexa not cleared to wrestle. Appears to be somewhere in the gray area right now. Um, but as far as an authority character goes, I think she carries herself really well in the role. Um, take your time. Um, I don't know what's in the cards for Corbin, but I'm not, I don't hate Alexa Bliss as an authority character. I think she's actually pretty decent in the role. Yeah, she's good in the role. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, you know she's in her prime age-wise, so you don't want to um, miss out on her being able to be a performer. But yeah, obviously, health comes first. It's, this is this is a this is a bizarre. Uh, the, the 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 history of this reporting here is a little bizarre because obviously Mark Henry he's he's one of the talents still um, yeah. essentially. So you know he's you, a producer. You, yeah. So you know when you hear him say something, you're gonna think, okay, well he's obviously getting it straight from Alexa. He's getting it from the horse's mouth. Right. Um, not, you know, but at the same time, I don't want to discredit, uh, Meltzer and the rest of observer, you know, they, yeah, they do a lot and, and, and they wouldn't put something out of it if they, if they, if they didn't think it was accurate. So I don't know if this is a case of somebody maybe fed bad information somewhere. I don't think Alexa would kayfabe or work Mark Henry. I, I don't know who the sources are that the, the observers use. And so, yeah, the answer is somewhere in between, but this is really bizarre. You don't often see 
uh, or a talent come out on a talk show or a podcast and say something and kind of reveal something. And then uh, a, a wrestling uh, news source come out and, and say, no, that's incorrect. <laughs> you, know, you just don't normally ever correct the talent. Well, and Alexa was down at the WWE Performance Center training with Mike Quackenbush um, this past week. So, I mean, if she's able to to roll around in the ring and and train, I would think that she's got to be getting closer to returning to action. I don't think I don't know why they would put her in that position to, to possibly re-injure herself. I mean, it's possible that both sources or both um, both Mark Henry and the Observer both are right in some case. It might be a case where Mark Henry heard, "Yeah, she's she's about cleared," and maybe to an extent, she's. Yeah, you know, she's clear now to go back to do some training or whatever, but maybe the observer dug a little bit deeper and said, well, she's able to do training and do what have you, but she's still not able to work. I, I don't know. The, the, the answer might be in between where both are technically right. Uh, it's just a matter of, 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 of you know, specifics to it. Well, I do know that we've reached out to WWE for clarification, have yet to get that clarification. But uh, once we do, uh, we will be sure to uh, send it along. Uh, a little bit of Alistair Black news here. First of all, congratulations to him and Zelina Vega. They got married uh, this past week. Uh, and the Observer also reporting that on that note, Alistair Black being considered uh, to be brought up here to the main roster. I'm sure that his wife would like that, especially if they could be on the same brand together. Um, and he's certainly a, a breakout character in NXT. Um, what, what's your take here on on an Alistair, ba- Alistair Black potential move from, from NXT to, you know, one of the main roster brands? Well, first, I want to say when I broke the story as an exclusive on Wrestling Inc. that they had gotten married, I, I, I was amused by the uh, the amount of comments on social or on the story or whatever of people who legitimately thought that Zelina Vega was uh, with uh, Almas, Andre de Almas, just because she's. He's so, going to be pissed. He's yeah. Gonna be pissed. I, 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 got a, I got a lot of entertainment out of reading those. Um, Oh. But, but congrats to them. Yeah, you know, I mean, Alistair Black. You, you know, if you look at NXT, you certainly think, okay, who's who's one of the next guys to come up? I mean, he, he's he's a veteran. He's been in the business for a while. He's got experience. Uh, he's got a marketable look. Um, you know, so yeah, you'd think, okay, if you need fresh character, if you need fresh, fresh, you know, fresh characters and fresh people to bring up, he certainly would be, I think, at top of the list. It goes back to the same question we've discussed. We discussed it some yesterday, and we'll continue to discuss it, which is. You know, there's a certain bar and expectation from those who come from NXT, especially if they're guys or girls who were on the main event status, which Aleister Black is in NXT. Um, you know, it's one thing if you're a mid-carder, kind of, you know, Lars Sullivan was a mid-carder, Elias was a mid-carder, um, and, and then go to the main roster. But, you know, when you're a top dog, um, it, 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 it tends to be more disappointment than not. It, it just, it, you know, because we're all on SmackDown, it's just is, is booked different, it's presented different. Um, there's a lot more room to lose uh, quicker and, and more often um, characters translate differently than from the small, intimate, full sale audience every single week for TV versus a different 15,000 person arena every single week. So um, I, I'm, I'm excited for Alistair Black. I like the character, but as always, kind of waiting, a little bit, you know, kind of waiting maybe for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. Uh, I think it, I think that there's a great point in there as well about just how much more, uh, how many more matches there are to work, how many more opportunities there are to lose, how many more ways for plans to go awry. Um, different minefield there. But again, you know, if he gets to travel with his wife on the road, I'm sure they'll both be very happy. Um, XFL, Vince McMahon, huge press conference yesterday, uh, made the official announcement, the XFL 2020, eight cities, eight teams, New York, Dallas, Houston, L.A., St. Louis, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Washington. They've made deals with uh, stadiums and arenas throughout the country or, or in, in all eight of those cities to, to put these games on. It sounds like it'll be a total of 10, de- 10 games uh, for the season, leading to some kind of playoff, I'm guessing. Um, and uh, on that note, 
Oliver Luck has been announced as the CEO and commissioner, and DomainNameWire.com has pointed out that the XFL has actually filed domains for 21 total cities. So while there are eight cities right now in the XFL, we could be looking at some expansion here uh, if the 2020 season goes very well. Uh, I'm sure you, you got to feel it. I'm in Chicago. You're in Pittsburgh. We didn't get cities. Yeah, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Redskins fan. I'm, I'm Washington D.C. We need we, we need a football team that has a quarterback that uh, that is that's, that's healthy. Um, I know. I, you know, I, I, we talk at great length on my um, audio podcast, Wrestling Reality, this week. Myself and Ticket Drew, and, and 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 I think the eight cities were well chosen. You know, they were high population cities. Um, that's that's just that's just a no brainer right there. Um, they're all playing. Uh, actually, you know, they're all playing in like. Most of the stadiums are, are stadiums that the NFL teams play in, so the legit stadiums. Not going to sell them out, but at least helps for perception of legitimacy. Um, I do think, based upon reading the notes uh, and listening to some of the press conference, I think what the XFL is going to have in their favor this 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 go around is you know last time they, when they did it last time it was um, it was very one dimensional. It was just okay. Here's 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 our football league, right? And then of course we've all heard how they mucked it up with you know, you know making it almost like storylines and what all that stuff. Uh, this time around, but it seems like not only with taking advantage of all the platforms and social media, et cetera, how to dis- distribute it, but the fact that they're they're willing to let you know in-game betting happen and prop betting, and I think I think and, and they're and they're, they want to make fantasy sports different. I think the fact that they're going to engage in all these different things that are that 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 the sports society fandom today is so keyed in on. I mean, go to a Buffalo Wild Wings on a Sunday, um, anywhere here in the country, and people are just glued to their phones and their tablets watching their fantasy teams, checking things, checking their bookies. Uh, so I think if, if the XFL is going to embrace all that, this is going to help them get past and have more than just one season. And who knows, if they do right by talent and the product of the game, the quality of the game, this could put the Canadian Football League, the Arena Football League, NFL Europe out, and this could make them truly the number two uh, alternative behind the NFL. My only request is I do still want Vince to come out for the very first game uh, at 73 or 74, whatever, however old, old he'll be come February of 2020. I, I do want him to grab the mic and give me one more. This is the XFL. I think we all want that. Now, yeah. the thing that you, you talk about the quality of the game, the thing last time around was a lot of these guys got picked late. They only had like a couple weeks to kind of make themselves a team. Uh, I haven't dug around as much into the XFL news just because, I mean, I do love fantasy football. I'm at the Buff- I'm not at Buffalo Wild Wings, but I'm like similarly doing the same thing on Sundays and Monday nights. The plan here is for these guys to get several months to, to work together as a team now to develop some, some kind of a, a mojo. So these games actually are pretty going to be pretty good, right? Yeah. They, they definitely want more. Um, they definitely want more time. I know with, uh, with preparation. I mean, I, I figure you're just thinking about this as a sports fan, you know, the NF. So um, the NFL draft is obviously this, this April. So I have to think that after the draft happens, after training camp and such happens through the summertime, that then guys who aren't on rosters or, or who get cut and, and what have you, I got to think that that's going to, you know, that, that, that by the summertime, the XFL is going to be very much in full motion of, 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 of uh, putting their rosters together. So guys have an entire fall season essentially to prepare and practice and get ready for their February kickoff. Now, do you, now I don't, I'm less clear on this. What's the legality of approaching a college athlete about what their post-college career looks like? Can you openly do that? I know that that's like really frowned on in high school sports. Like, can you do that in, in college? Uh, yeah, I, I know those communication with the college athletes. I, I don't, I don't know what the loopholes or what or how it's. Uh, you know, I, I used to be around the Steelers every day if, as part of my job here in Pittsburgh. I'm not around them anymore, so I, I'm I'm a little removed from the whole workflow and day to day. But yeah, I mean, you can you can have communication and try to figure out okay, what's what what's the, what's this athlete's plan? Um, I all the technicalities. I don't know that. 
I'm just I would just be interested if Vince or whoever his team of educated football heads uh think would be great players out of college. If you could make one, two, three guys high money offers coming out of college to prevent them from even starting their careers in the NFL, that seems like that that would be something that would be worthwhile and, and add some credibility to your ranks. Yeah, the problem the problem I would see with that is just just what these rookies get when drafted in the first round for the NFL. The, the money they get, I, I just um, I just don't see I don't see it. Maybe but maybe I'm wrong. I don't see the XFL offering that same kind of money. And let's say let's say even if they could match, let's say even if they could give you the exact, let's say this rookie is going to get sixty million, fifty million, I don't know, whatever, whatever the number is, pick a number. Even if the XFL said we're going to give you that exact same to the dollar amount, it's still it's okay. Go to the XFL, the thing that failed twenty years ago after one year, or go to the NFL that you've been watching since, since a kid and, and you've been a fan of one of the teams. I, the NFL still has that, still is for a little kid. You know, is still probably more attractive. The XFL is attractive if the XFL is attractive if the NFL's kicked you out or if the NFL says we don't want you. That's when the XFL becomes attractive. I don't know, man. It, it, for look, the first year, hope, maybe that'll change in, in five years. But for the first year, it's hard to want to put all your eggs in, in, in the XFL basket as an athlete. If they're knowing, like. If they're going to pay you like more money than anybody in the league, first year out, come work XFL. If it doesn't work, you can still go get on an NFL team. It's your first year out of college, and you were the wacky XFL guy. He hates <laughs> you. Know? I don't know. I, I, that's that's the positive I spent. I would find on it. Um, let's get back here a little bit to some WWE news. Um, we still have some interviews here to come here for those of you listening to the the audio edition. Um, Rusty Observer reporting a couple, couple ladies news, uh, notes here this morning uh, reporting that Becky is cleared concussion wise but uh, can't have any physical content uh, contact with her face because of her nasal passage uh, still healing and all that so that's why you're not seeing Becky in any kind of physicality right now but it does sound like the concussion issues have, have cleared up and, and she should be good to go by TLC yeah and it's smart again just like, like I said earlier with Braun you know take you know be be do the right thing, you know, don't, don't rush and rehab. I mean, I mean, again, especially a Becky Lynch. I mean, my God, she's, she's, she's all out entertaining just when she speaks just with her body language. So uh, if you don't need her to take any physicality at the moment, uh, let her rest up. That's, that's, um, you know, I think that's a, that's a smart thing to do, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, again, we spoke about it before. I I think Becky Lynch has a real, real chance at uh, being the main event of WrestleMania this year. I hope so. Uh, women are on display right now, Monday and Tuesday night. They both started off the show. Uh, great time for women's wrestling in WWE. And on that note, the Observer also reporting this morning that WWE looking for another female pay-per-view idea to throw into the mix here in 2019. Obviously, Evolution was a huge success. Now we're talking Queen of the Ring, bringing back the King of the Ring, but with women, and you call it the Queen of the Ring. I love this idea, Justin. Tournaments always historically have have done well for talent not i mean for every billy gun there's a stone cold but you know whatever um is that, I, is that was that part of the report that they're going to do a queen of the ring or is that your idea no it says here there has been an idea uh, okay. this was just this morning the observer dropped early this morning so i tried to pepper in a couple of the the news bits here this has actually already been written up on the site here as well our little synopsis but uh you know Meltzer talked about the idea of wwe possibly bringing back the king of the ring tournament but as uh, women's tournament queen of the ring um, it's just an idea they're tossing out right now because they're trying to think of another women's pay-per-view hook i think it's a good idea i think you know i i feel like a lot of fans clamor for the king of the ring to return um, i think i think depending on where they position it in the calendar year uh you'd think maybe they'd put it on the opposite side of the calendar from if, if evolution is going to remain an october thing if you put it then maybe spring or early summer 
uh, this Queen of the Ring if they did that. I think I think as long as they make it mean something, everybody be all for it. You know, I, I think we we all got pretty sick and tired of okay, you have a King of the Ring, and then somebody just acquires the King gimmick and they they wear the crown and whatever. But I think if you make the winner of the King of the Ring again, number or Queen of the Ring, number one contender for a SummerSlam match or number one contender for a Money in the Bank match, just yeah, a number one contender. I think if you as long as there's an incentive there, um, I, I don't. I think I think you are going to be pretty safe on having a successful show there. Yeah, it kind of died to death when they did King Barrett and King Sheamus. I think we're like the last two kings, and we're not taken very seriously. No. Uh, Booker T made it work. He was a great king, but um, I think that there's – I mean, the women right now, you, you could do an eight-women eight interesting field. You could do a 16-woman interesting field right now. Uh, I think it's a great idea. Um, let's see here. Also, uh, new match announced for WWE TLC, The Bar versus The New Day and The Usos. I don't believe that match has a gimmick. Just the just triple threat, right? Yeah, I haven't heard a gimmick just yet. Um, I did, did speak. I don't know if, if you heard this. Did you see the? Uh, I thought uh, Bully Ray or Bubba Ray had an interesting quote on SiriusXM talking about this match, talking about how these three teams have what the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, and the Hardys have, which is that chemistry, which I thought was a really high praise. I had not heard that, but yeah. as soon as you said it, it resonated with me. You're right; yeah. these three teams work. I mean, just so well together, and uh, same kind of athleticism. Uh, the bar more stout um being able to catch these guys and you know base for them and the usos are nuts i love those guys and yeah the new day um i i love what the new day is doing here right now and I, I don't know maybe i've asked it too much i think you might hear me talk to dr tom about it here later in the interview if, if you stick around for that um but the new day you break them up you keep them together they've been around for a while is biggie world title material hmm. i think so i you know i again i think you can you don't need a break you can still let them be associated with each other, but they can have their own feuds. They can have their own situation and stories. You know, I, I think Biggie. I think he's he's got all the charisma in the world. He's got all the athleticism. Um, he's got a look. I, I think. I, I think. I think they. I think it would be a. They'd be doing themselves a disservice if they don't explore Biggie as a, you know, top top of the card single star. Agreed. Uh, Sin Cara spoke with a Spanish uh, YouTube outlet Peluche in El Estuche. Uh, he commented on how he's wrapping up his knee recovery right now. He's looking to return to action next month. So for those of you all out there wondering where Sankara is, he should be back soon from rehabbing his knee injury. Could Maybe he could be a member of Lucha House Party. Very popular. Lucha this, does, House Party. this does nothing for me. I, you know, like Sankara has become like the, the Sankara is going to become like this, like this millennium's doink. There's gonna, we're going to have a, it's going to be it's going to be, no. No, listen, no, listen to me. It's going to be 2040 and Sin Cara is still going to be wrestling. And we're going to be on our seventh Sin Cara. Um, I, I just, it doesn't do anything for me. I don't care. We are, we, we're, there's no place for, there's no place for, for a Sin Cara when we have Rey Mysterio in the same company. Wow. And it's not even the real Sin Cara. It's not, it's not even the original guy that was supposed to be, you know, the, the next coming of, of, of Lucha Libre wrestling from Mexico. That guy, you know, Mystico or whatever, you know, he's gone, obviously. So this is, this is Hunico with a mask. This is the closest I've ever felt that you were actually Vince McMahon while talking to you. I mean, like, <laughs> we already we've got Ray. Why do we even need these others? We got yeah. a guy. We have well, we have Ray. We have Ray. We have Lince Dorado. We have Grand Metal. We, we 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 have enough. We this is not 1996 WCW. Right? The Sin Cara doesn't do anything for me. I'm sorry. You know, that would really get the revivals goat. You know, they're tired of these three on ones. Imagine the four on ones that are to come here um, when uh, Sin Cara comes back. Uh, we also have here in our miscellaneous WWE news, Hollywood Life spoke with Nikki Bella. She's reportedly uh, ready to begin dating again. She <laughs> she thinks she'll date a wrestler or somebody else famous here soon, I guess is what she's saying. This, this was, 
and I like Nikki, but this was this was shocking because I really thought that she was going to say she was getting ready to date somebody who's working in the fast food industry. I I had no idea that she was going to consider dating a fellow wrestler again because she's only dated you know a couple wrestlers already. I don't uh, even know why that makes me laugh. It's just like here's my very legitimate news sheet, Nikki. <laughs> This, tra- this translates into she already knows who she's going to date. She's just setting up the PR for it. She already knows. She already knows who it is. I'm sure she does. You got any? You got any tips? You got any idea who could be next on the list? No. Oh, I think you're holding back. I think you know who it is. Who's she dating? It's not my love life to talk about. I always got a vibe with her and her dancing with the stars partner. You know what I mean? Those two. I mean, they're close because of the dancing, but something there. Yeah, I don't know. I never watched her on Dancing with the Stars. So I don't know. I watch everything. My girlfriend and I, you know, you get you get the ability to cross wrestling and reality TV together. That's a that's a date night for most wrestling guys. I feel like, you know, way to get the girl in on it a bit. Um, Hulk Hogan, Wrestling Observer reporting Hogan looking to sign a new non-wrestling contract with WWE very soon. Um, could be out representing the company in uh, in different ways, I guess. Didn't seem to get the warmest response from his appearance at Crown Jewel. A lot going on there, I guess, with that one. Well, he's done. He actually did something else, too. He did. um Oh, and now it's just escaping me. Uh, he was at another event for WWE just recently because I saw. I, 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 I hate the fact that I can't think of it. But he was he was at another event that WWE had a table that they sponsored um, just recently. I saw pictures on social media from the from whatever event it was that account. Um, so I mean, yeah, he's, he they're quietly using him, uh, you know, because obviously, again, in the in the business world, he's still Hulk Hogan, and, and, and as an ambassador, showing up at these events, it's still a big deal. Um, you know, they're not, you know. So they're, they're quietly using him, and they're going to continue to quietly use him. And, of course, he's going to continue to tease that he's going to have one more match. Yeah, and uh, we'll see how this plays out in the coming years. I mean, we're just now seeing Hulk Hogan being reintroduced to the WWE Universe. Uh, it will be interesting to see 2019 play out with that relationship. Uh, and also 2019, uh, last uh, WWE note here, uh, com reporting WWE looking to sign Shane Strickland here. Uh, there is a Lucha Underground issue, contractual issue they're looking to settle. Uh, but then, yeah, uh, Lucha Underground's kill shot. If you're a Lucha Underground fan, uh, independent wrestling breakout, Shane Strickland would be, I mean, the the NXT roster for 2019, you got to get some guys out of there. You got Matt Riddle coming in, Punishment Martinez coming in, Shane Strickland coming in. There's a lot of top talent coming in. Yeah, there is. You know, I mean, that's one thing you got to say that, that's pretty exciting about WWE in these last few years. And obviously a big credit goes to NXT is that they are m- more open than ever to bringing in talent. Um, now, what they do with the talent after the fact is a su- separate situation, but they're more open than ever to bringing in talent. Uh, I like the fact they're letting these guys keep their names that they're established on that once upon a time that was unheard of that WWE would do that. You know, it's great to see Punishment Martinez get to be Punishment Martinez. It's great to, you know, it's, it just it just helps, you know, with the, with the, you know, it helps if you're acquiring this talent, you know, acquire the name that made them. You know, why, why change it? Uh, I understand the legalities of why they did in the past, but I like the fact that they've kind of took a new stance on that. So it is, it is an exciting time. Again, I say before, WWE has probably the one of the best, most deepest rosters they've ever had, which makes it all the more frustrating when you get a, a really low BS Monday Night Raw because it's like, it shouldn't be this way. Look at all you have to work with. Yeah, and there is a lot to work with out there. So on the flip side, Shane Strickland to WWE, uh, some great Ring of Honor announcements uh, this past week. PW Insider reporting Silas Young has been locked in for a three-year deal. Uh, PW Insider uh, originally reported that PCO had signed a deal with Ring of Honor. PCO has since gone on main event radio, confirmed it is the best deal of his life. Uh, he's very much looking forward to that. He also put up a uh, Twitter video, for those of you that haven't watched, where he signs his ROH contract in blood. Um, and uh, finally, the Wrestling Observer reporting Brody King looking to, or has signed with Ring of Honor. 
and will immediately stop working with MLW. Uh, so three big names there, Brody King, PCO, Silas Young, of course, re-signing. Um, but you got a lot of other talent in there as well right now going into 2019. Flip Gordon sticking around uh, in the Joe Coff interview at the end of the show here, which you should stick around for. Uh, I asked him who the top five talents are that he uh, sees going into 2019. Uh, conspicuously, the first name he says, Marty Skrull. He says they're going to be pushing Marty hard. Um, uh, you know, you think about those AEW rumors. Marty is the one elite member, I believe, that's still under contract with Ring of Honor uh, for uh, like at least six months, I think, into 2019. Just intriguing. Yeah. A lot of pieces moving around here going into 2019, Justin. Yeah, it's good. It's healthy for the business. You know, when you have guys that are able to get multi-year deals for money that they're obviously able to live off of and comfortable to live off of, and, and in PCO's case, saying the best deal of his life, uh, when they're able to get that in other places in the United States, it's not WWE. That's very healthy. That's very good. Uh, I think it also does speak a little bit to um, WWE. Maybe it's become a little bit less attractive uh, to some guys. I think, again, there was once upon a time where everybody would, no matter what, drop what they had to do to get to WWE because that was the game to go to. But I think as, as maybe some people are seeing that, you know, okay, how am I going to, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to prophesize how they how they would be used and booked in WWE and or NXT. Um, you know, maybe okay, maybe they might have been able to make a few more bucks in WWE if they would have took a deal there. But um, you know, ROH is attractive to them because of of, of how they'll be used. So I, it's it's healthy for the business, absolutely, and it's good for all. It's good for everybody just name that they are getting this continue to make a living uh, doing doing what they love. I, I have a real good feeling about Ring of Honor um, going into 2019. I think a lot has been made about the elite uh, Bullet Club, ROH's dependency on Bullet Club. And uh, we're going to talk, I'm going to talk to Matt Taven here in just a second as well. But one of the things I bring up is if Dalton Castle hadn't gone down with injury when he was red hot, would we have seen the same growth from the elite Bullet Club people within Ring of Honor and New Japan? Would their value have been that high? It did kind of seem like Ring of Honor was starting to build some some internal talent there. Um, that was about to break out. So discussion here for just a moment. Uh, I, I wanted to also real quickly bring up while I have you, Justin, what'd you think of uh, them uh, having punishment Martinez loses NXT debut tapping out to Matt Riddle last night. Did you know about that? Yeah. yeah I, I saw them. I, I uh, watched the match. I was very excited for it. I, I put a tweet out last night. I was excited about the, you know, both these guys. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, when I, when I knew that he'd be working Matt Riddle for his first match, you know, my, my initial thought was, okay, he's going to lose. I'm not going to have Matt Riddle lose this match. Um, but I, I'm not real bothered by it. Basically the way I look at it is, <clears throat> you know, it, there, there's a lot of guys, actually, if you, if we were to go back and look at their first NXT, you know, like this one loss is not going to say, determine, okay, punishment Martinez is going to be this low level of a talent. I mean, it, you know, it, he tapped out to a guy who quite frankly, I could see punishment Martinez and Matt Riddle working a big stadium show for WWE in the next couple of years. I mean, so if anything, it's like you come in, at least if you're going to tap, you're going to tap to a guy who's probably going to be on the top of the heap uh, sooner rather than later. So, yeah. Uh, all right. And, uh, you know, lastly here uh, in AEW news, we're just, we don't have the time to talk about GBL drunkenly tweeting. He's going to kill Cody Rhodes <laughs> and then having to apologize it. And uh, of course, sorry guys. Uh, and also Chris Jericho, not sure what he's going to do in 2019. I know shocking. So I guess maybe not worth the, the conversation either. Um, but we are going to jump into some interviews here. Uh, but before we do, Justin, uh, I'm looking forward to you uh, being back every Thursday, noon Eastern with me, talking the news. Where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, uh, all those great things? Uh, my Twitter, at Justin Labar, has everything. You can interact with me. I do encourage you also to check out my Wrestling Reality podcast. Um, that is, that, that comes out. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or everywhere like that. And again, last chair shot rally this weekend here on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube. 
Um, please enjoy. And uh, anybody who's watching right now who's a big fan of CSR, thank you very much. Yes, and now it is time for some interviews. This concludes our live portion of the Winkley. Head on over to the iTunes feed. Find the Winkley there where you're going to have some interviews now uh, on the show if you're listening to the podcast version of this. Uh, first, we're going to have Ring of Honors, the real world champion, Matt Taven, followed by an interview that Michael Weissman did with Jerry Lynn at WrestleCade, Wrestling Inc.'s Michael Weissman. Then an interview I did with Dr. Tom Pritchard, and then another uh, brief interview that Michael Weissman did from WrestleCade with Mark Merrill. And we're going to round it out with the much buzzed about interview now I did with Ring of Honor COO Joe Koff. <laughs> At this time, I welcome to the Winkley one-third of the current Ring of Honor six-man champions and the real Ring of Honor world mm -hmm. champion, Matt Taven. Matt, welcome back to the Winkley. Man, didn't that just sound right when you said it? I mean, it felt right when I heard it. Well, I mean, it, it felt... real Ring of Honor world champion. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Well, I mean, that's the title you want to be called, right? The real Ring of, Ring I of mean, Honor? I mean, that's the title I am. I mean, if you just want to call me the Ring of Honor World Champion, I'll, I'll consider that as a uh, acceptable moniker as well. But uh, you know, whatever way you want to phrase it, as long as people know that the real Ring of Honor World Champion is me, Matt Taven. Well, this is this is interesting that we start here because December fourteenth, Manhattan Center, Ring of Honor presents Final Battle. You're actually going up against a man who I feel is probably responsible for you proclaiming yourself the real Ring of Honor world champion in Dalton Castle. Do you think that's a fair statement to make? I mean, without a doubt, that's the man that I beat for the Ring of Honor world title. And, you know, guys like Dalton who are delusional to think otherwise have to be shown why Matt Taven is the real Ring of Honor world champion. I mean, I beat him in front of the world. There was an eight count. I'm and, and Jay Lethal and Ring of Honor officials, and everyone wants to act like it didn't happen. Well, it happened. And if I have to go through Dalton Castle again, well, no sweat. I've done it before. Well, to take everybody back here, back in May, you were supposed to take on Dalton for the Ring of Honor World Championship before he went out with injury. And then, of course, you're referencing the survival of the fittest match where you had Dalton down for what, what seemed like eight seconds there. So twice now, it seems like you, you were in line to legitimately take the ROH World Championship. Uh, but since those didn't come to fruition, you've since made your own title, which is, I guess, what you're considering to be the real Ring of Honor World Championship, right? I mean, I didn't make my own title. It is the title it is. Everyone saw what happened. Dalton was ducking me in the first place. Like you said, we were supposed to have a one-on-one -on -one encounter for the Ring of Honor World title uh, in May uh, during the World of the Worlds tour. And for some reason, after Dalton says that he's hurt and can't go on, I don't get a single shot at the title. I have to be thrown in some four-way, which in that match alone, I pin the champion for everyone to see. I mean, uh, it's confusing to me why I have to explain it to people. Yeah, well, and, you know, here we are now. You've got what you consider to be the real Ring of Honor world title. Some people would dispute that. I believe it's been refused to referred to as the disputed Ring no. of Honor world championship. Wrong. I thought you were saying, you know, the people that would dispute that, those those are called Melvins. Those are the people that just don't get it. Um, well, I will say that you have this chance here with Dalton. If you are able, and you've put the title here on the line, your Ring of Honor Correct. World Championship, the real Ring I'm of Honor World Champion. Champion. Yes. You're taking on, if yes. you beat Dalton Proud. here, if you beat Dalton here at Final Battle, do you think that puts all of the disputed conversation to rest? Would this validate the title that you carry around with you? I mean, for me, no, but, uh, you know, if it wants to validate it in other people's eyes, sure. I'm just a fighting, proud, defending champion, and, uh, you know, I 
came to Dalton and challenged him and put my title on the line. That's that's the kind of heroic man that I am. You you use the word heroism there. I think some would dispute the way that the kingdom has acted as you are moving into final battle here. There's been some sneak attacks on Dalton and the boys, uh, even just as as early as last month. Uh, you you did heroically, I suppose, try to go heads up here two on one with the boys on Ring of Honor TV. But even there, you know, you you cheap shot at one of them with the title, and and Vinny was hiding out underneath the ring. That doesn't seem heroic, in my opinion. I mean, what, what, what are we talking about here? Playing around with the boys? Is this this is a serious thing? The reason why I, I had to whack one in the face with the, with the title belt and you know let Vinny have his way with the other one is because it's a joke. I should have never been in the ring with the boys in the first place. I'm the real Ring of Honor world champion. If you're going to put me in the ring, if you're going to make me risk my body, my life, then make it for some serious competition. The boys are just you know Dalton Castle's little sideshow that he brings down to the ring. How 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 fantastic of Dalton to give these kids a bone to throw them some charity and let them go come down the aisle and get on some pay per views with them. For me, that's not real competition. So to be in the ring with the boys, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever. I'll make an example out of them. But as far as Dalton Castle comes or is concerned, when it comes to final battle, it's it's not going to be anything to do with the boys or any tomfoolery with the kingdom going to be heads up man to man and i'm going to prove why dalton castle should have never disrespected me and should have when he came back challenged me for my ring of honor world title but he didn't he made a mistake and i'm going to make him pay for that mistake now this wasn't uh, now you were in the the ring with the boys here just a week ago on on ring of honor tv but you have actually shared uh, the ring with dalton here within the past month or so on roh tv uh he made a surprise return tagged with Jonathan Gresham and Jay Lethal to take on the kingdom. And uh, he, he was actually able to, to pin Vinny to win that bout there. I, I don't want to, you know, pour any salt in those kind of wounds, but uh, he did pick up the victory there. How, how did you think Dalton was moving around in the ring? He's just coming back from injury. You know, it's all, it's all part of the game. I mean, when the title's on the line, when the six-man title's on the line, we don't lose. And if it's one-on-one with me and Dalton, the, the results are going to be different. And, you know, we don't know what we're getting ourselves into when the guy comes back from injury. So, you know, we, we want to see what he has. And you can just look at Dalton. He's wrapped up like a mummy. He moves like an old lady. He looks like he's falling apart. This guy should have not come back from injury this early. And unfortunately, I'm going to put him right back on the shelf, which, you know, I guess is bad news for Ring of Honor. But they're the ones that are letting this guy who literally has a back brace, has a thigh brace, a hip brace, a you know, he's wrapped up. It should almost be illegal with the kind of braces he's bringing to the ring. You know, this guy is like one big tin man in the ring right now. Maybe, maybe but that... that's fine. Ring of Honor is going to let him wrestle. I'm going to hurt him. Uh, well, uh, it does seem like the advantage is yours going into final battle. And uh, there's another interesting story going on at final battle or a match, I should say, taking place at final battle that I think kind of also plays into you a little bit. And that's the other Ring of Honor World Championship match. Uh, Cody is taking on Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor World title, uh, which is not yours, the real world ROH World title. Um, But if Cody wins that match, he said he's going to take the title into free agency off to wherever it is and whatever it is he may be doing next year after January 1st. Uh, If Cody's, would you prefer that Cody wins and takes that title with him and leave your world title to be the definitive world title in Ring of Honor? 
man, if there's anyone I could care less about, it's Cody Rhodes. You know, he can do whatever he pleases. I, I really could care less because as far as I'm concerned, why, that, that just shows how legitimate Jay Lethal's title really is. Because why is Cody Rhodes getting a title shot? I mean, how many more opportunities does this guy need? He never deserved a title shot in the first place, the, one, the time that he was thrown in a four-way with me, and he couldn't pull out a victory there. Now he's getting a one-on-one shot at final battle against Jay Lethal. This doesn't make any sense to me. But that's why the real Ring of Honor world title is around my waist. Because you actually have to earn a shot at the Ring of Honor world title. It's not just some, you know, use my last name to get back into the world title shot uh, or in the world title picture anytime I please. This is where the Ring of Honor legacy has come to, and that's why my title is the real Ring of Honor world title, and, and the one Jay Lethal has is a, is a paper uh, trophy. Uh, it's it's interesting to think about. Dalton was uh, Dalton Castle, you know, going into that match you guys were supposed to have before he went down with injury, uh, was really riding a rocket up to the main event, or was was the main event of Ring of Honor uh, before the injury. With him gone, it does seem like the elite Cody, the Bucks filled a part of that main event void not all of it of course there's you in the kingdom do you think they would have risen to the prominence they are at now if dalton had not gone down with injury and, and you'd have had a chance to go through with that bout i mean you, you never know how how things would have played out one way or the other um and i try not to live in a world of what ifs because you, you're just never going to be able to fix the past no matter how hard you try but I have no idea if, if things would have been different one way or the other. I just know that we find ourselves here. And, you know, even when it comes to the elite and Cody Rhodes in particular, you know, look at my win-loss rec- record against these guys. And this is why I say I am the most, you know, deserving man to, A, have a, have a shot at the Ring of Honor world title in the first place. Now, after I pin the champion, I mean – uh, it, it's it's mind-boggling to me how it's not just so obvious the amount of times that Matt Taven's been looked over for for guys like Cody Rhodes. And when we get in the ring with one another, Matt Taven always ends up on top. So that's why I am the real Ring of Honor world champion. And, you know, who cares what would have happened if Dalton got hurt or not got hurt? I still think that I would be on top of the mountain like I am right now. Now, whether Jay retains the title or Cody takes the title and goes off and does whatever he wants, summer of punk style, winter of, of roads, whatever you want to call it, um, do you do you see yourself chasing that title to unify yours with that title to put everything to rest? Do you want Jay or Cody, wherever it may be, after this bout is over? I mean, I feel like I chase no man. So if one of those guys want to you know, step up to the plate, then... Just like Dalton Castle, I have no problem with taking either one of them on because I'm confident on what's going to happen in the end and why I'm able to call myself the real Ring of Honor world champion. And this just would be another guy that I get to prove it again. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, you have to come knocking on my door. Now, Ring of Honor is touting Final Battle uh, as a, a, an event where the ramifications of what happens on the show are going to affect the big G1 supercard that's going down at Madison Square Garden. Uh, when they say that, what does that mean to you, and what kind of a message do you want to send at Ring of Honor's final battle going into Supercard? I mean, obviously, I've had my sights set on Madison Square Garden. 
you know, since since it was announced or since even the the rumors and the talk started. Um, so to me, that's why this title defense against Dalton Castle is so important because uh, I'm looking to be the headliner of Madison Square Garden. I want the top spot on Ring of Honor's biggest show. Uh, so to going into final battle, I mean, you don't really need much motivation because it's the end of the year. It's kind of the uh, pinnacle, as, you, as they've been touting, uh, of a year's um, of a year's long journey of work, of you know injuries you might have fought through. And it's it's kind of this time right before you know you put a period on 2018, and that's already a big enough stage as it is. But now looking after that to see that Madison Square Garden's right around the corner, and and everything that's happened uh, happening that night is going to really set up what happens that night. It's just. Whew, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's the cherry on top for someone like me who knows that, uh, you know, I'm going into this bout pretty confident. At, at the same time, you got your eye on every other match because you're looking to see who, who you might be facing uh, come Madison Square Garden. You know, it's kind of interesting. I don't typically bring up WWE stuff in these interviews, but, you know, you guys have Madison Square Garden on that Saturday night before WrestleMania. A lot of people were expecting you guys to go heads up against TakeOver, uh, and WWE moved their event to the night before the Madison Square Garden show. Uh, how does that make you feel? What do you, what do you think of that decision? Uh, I mean, honestly, this is the, the very first that I, I've heard about it, and I, I don't know if they already had it for Saturday and then moved it. You know what I mean? There's so many factors that probably go into that. Uh, you know, it's hard to say one way or the other. Uh, just the sheer fact that, that people are, are looking at all the shows and, uh, you know, excited for everything that's going on and, and putting, you know, the, the top companies in the, in the world all in one sentence and in one breath is, I think, what you're looking for in the first place. So, you know, to compare yourself to any other place is, is it's kind of foolish because there's so many different factors that go into a success of a company. But at the same time, to see the growth of Ring of Honor and to see, you know, where we've where we started from, from, from before me, obviously, but uh, to when I started to see where it is now and, you know, to be uh, one of the biggest shows on WrestleMania weekend, it, it's kind of just a, a really good place to be for ring of honor. And it's a, it's a cool pat on the back for all the guys that have been there for years. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you think about that, you know, headlining match that you want to have at Madison square garden, is there a, an ideal opponent? Is there somebody on the ROH roster or maybe somebody off the ROH roster that you envision yourself headlining the show with? I mean, people, uh, they'll continue to, to want to see the, the two champions collide. And, uh, you know, in particular, if I had to pick between Jay Lethal and Cody Rhodes, I feel like me and Cody uh, went to war recently and, and me and Jay Lethal have some unfinished business from the last time. You know, uh, we were stepping in the ring with one another. It was in New York City as well, or out in Coney Island, I should say. But, you know, in a cage, the results didn't go the way I wanted them to, and it's been something that's always kind of bothered me. And I uh, I would like to get my revenge on Jay Lethal, and if it was back in the New York City area, then it would kind of feel like it came full circle from that night um, at Field of Honor. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, it's just amazing to think about playing Madison Square Garden. It's been one of those venues that you know has just been untouchable for so long now. 
Do you have any personal favorite Madison Square Garden memories when you think about the venue? I mean, you just think of, man, a, a million things that go on. You think of that, like, roof. And I, I was actually just watching something recently, and I'm, like, looking at the crowd and, and kind of, like, I wonder if it's going to look this way when we're in there. Um, but, you know, for, for me in particular, uh, I've been a, a lifelong uh, wrestling fan. And growing up, Bret Hart was, you know, one of my guys that when I started watching wrestling, you know, as a little six-year-old lunatic screaming at the TV kid, it, Bret Hart was, you know, working his way up the ranks. And to see him win the world title at Madison Square Garden was one of those things as a kid that, uh, you know, you'll remember in your fandom uh, memories forever. So I think that's kind of, as soon as I think of Madison Square Garden, I kind of think of that moment. Um, but man, there's so many. And, you know, and just as a sports fan in general, I'm a huge basketball fan. And, you know, the Knicks always playing the Madison Square Garden and, you know, growing up and watching Michael Jordan play the Knicks in the playoffs and in MSG. And, you know, obviously the, the Celtics had kind of a little different fate there in Madison Square Garden when I was a kid. Uh, the Celtics weren't that great, uh, especially up against the Knicks of the 90s. But, you know, even to this day, when they play New York, and for me, <laughs> I know New York's coming to town on Thursday, but when they go down there, for some reason, no matter what the, the team might be doing, uh, as far as in the standings, it's just a special feeling of, of watching a game that takes place in that building. So there's uh, uh, so many memories that I, that I think of, and, and I, I think it's when – you see like the reaction of your friends and family, you kind of realize how big something is. And, you know, people that I've um, haven't talked to in years kind of coming out of the woodwork, like, Hey, that's square garden. huh?" And it's like, Oh man, I guess this is, you know, as big as I'm kind of think of it, you know, because I think of it as, as the wrestling fan that I am, but it's like to see all the outside, uh, reaction to it, it kind of puts in perspective uh, how big of an accomplishment it is. Yeah, it was great. You know, the Sinclair executives recently did that conference call, and, uh, you know, they infamously saw, they said they saw ROH as an unpolished gym in their arsenal, and were uh, quick to <laughs> uh, quick to point out that Madison Square Garden sellout. They're like, oh, that's that's pretty cool, you know. Uh, business yeah. people up at, at top of the chain uh, it seems to have gotten their attention. It, it's great. Um, last thing I wanted to ask you about here was a new name that may be coming to Ring of Honor here in 2019. I don't think it's been made official yet, but uh, I've heard very strong uh, insinuations, rumors, that the uh, the one and only PCO may be headed to Ring of Honor. Do you have any opinions on, on PCO and, and how he might fit in with the uh, the current roster of Ring of Honor? I mean, I think it speaks to Ring of Honor as a company in general, just keeping their fingers on the pulse and uh, grabbing the guys that are making waves. And, you know, what an incredible story of PCO at his age, making a comeback after a successful, you know, run in, in, in WWE. And, and I can remember, again, I'm, you know, bring up uh, my Bret Hart fandom, but can I can remember yeah. Bret and, uh, you know, PCO's feud back in the day. And, and it's kind of crazy because he doesn't even seem like the same guy. But now uh, to see what he's doing now, it's so impressive. So, it's kudos to Ring of Honor to to keep in front of um, you know the the trends and and the waves that are being made throughout all of wrestling and, and to make sure that the Ring of Honor fans um, are delivered a product that that they want and that they're going to continue to be excited about. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, and I, I just think of PCO, the D Destro. Uh, seems like a, mm. seems like they'd be a pretty fun matchup there for your buddy Vinny. I could see those guys having a lot of fun together. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I, I think that was my first thought. Uh, I'm pretty sure I texted Vinny right away when I, uh, you know, heard the rumblings of it. And, um, you know, Vinny's got to stake his claim as, as the, uh, as the nightmare fuel of ring of honor. Oh man. Uh, great line. Uh, Matt, thank you very much for the time. Again, the real ring of honor world championship will be on the line. December 14th, Manhattan center, final battle, find it on honor club, find it on fight.tv. Anything you want to leave everybody else with here today, uh, Matt? You know, um, I just want to say that that final battle is going to be a absolute um, highlight uh, of of what Ring of Honor has to offer, and uh, it's just the beginning of, of what's going to happen going forward into 2019. And uh, I'm glad to be a part of it, and I'm glad to also be on top of it. Michael Wiseman here, WrestleCade happening today. It's amazing. I am with one of the nicest guys in the business, Jerry Lynn. Jerry, how you doing? Oh, great. I, I hope I'm one of the nicest. I always hated to think I'd be six feet under, and they go, ah, he's a butthole anyway. You know. People always say, they always have nice stories about you, the nicest things, and you've been around and done so much that I figured there would be some dirt on you by this point. There probably is. <laughs> you know. So you want to tell us what it is? I'd love to have that I story. I probably don't remember it because it was probably some crazy night of partying and <laughs> something that's really fuzzy and I can't remember. Well, well I know your buddy Brian, so uh, Brian Fritz, so I know some of your stories. I'm not going to give away your deep, dark secrets. Okay, I'm... Brian's got a few. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's got some dirt on me. That's right. So i got to ask you, you have done so much. You've won so many champions. You've been a world champion. You've been a light heavyweight champion, ex-division champion, and you've retired from the business now. But you, I still see you refereeing at Every big show that I go to, what's up with that? Um, well, I actually called uh, the Bucks and Cody at All In and asked them if I could be a part of it because oh. I admired what they were doing and and I was honored and, and glad that they let me be on board with it. So are you looking to do refereeing for them? Or are you going to hope to produce whatever the Bucks and Cody end up doing? What, what do you want your role to be with that organization? I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. You know, it's it. And it's not like I can pop up and go, hey, I'm here, give me a job. You know, it's got to, they got to want you, yeah. you know, so. Well, you're an awesome referee. I just wanted to know, you have a Hall of Fame career behind you in the ring as a wrestler. Are you looking for a Hall of Fame career as a referee? Is that what's no, next for you? No, I think my days in the ring are numbered, uh -huh. even with the refing. Awesome. So. Yeah. Well, you have the production thing going on, and you have a mind for the business, it seems like, behind the scenes that really does kind of keep you going, I'm sure. I like teaching the younger guys, yeah. you know, the little inside secrets to take them from looking indie-rific to professional, there you, you know, go. stuff like that. Well, you're the expert. We appreciate your time. Thank you oh, so much, Jerry. My pleasure. At this time, I welcome to the show former WWE Tag Team Champion, Dr. Tom Pritchard. Dr. Tom, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me here today. Oh, uh, Nick, it's always a pleasure, man. Thank you very much for having me. I really, really enjoy it. Oh, my, my pleasure. Now, we're here. We'll start right off. We're here to chat about the JP Wrestling Academy. I have some other wrestling topics I want to bring up with you. But but tell me about the JP Wrestling Academy. Well, this was a brainchild, actually, that Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane, a.k.a. the Knox County Mayor, came up with a, uh, about two years ago. We were, we were having dinner during the... Uh, campaign and we were talking about the various wrestling schools that were out there and then we looked at the independent scene and just how how crazy it had exploded and uh glenn said you know I, I wonder what we could do here in knoxville with a wrestling school and it started out uh he has a house in dandridge and it was just sitting there 
and uh, he thought maybe he could put up a ring in his garage and have guys stay at the house, and, and we could train from there. And we went and looked at it, and it was actually too small. Uh, so we have a friend, Devin Driscoll, wrestles as Devin Devine, along with Mick Drake as the industry. Sure. Um, he's been wrestling for about 10 years now. He has a gym in Knoxville off Hardin Valley Road called D1. It has a lot of space, very nice gym. And we talked to Devin, and uh, Devin said he would be more than happy. In fact, he really wanted to have a wrestling school there for a long time. So uh, we decided to go ahead and go forth and plan to have a wrestling academy in Knoxville, Tennessee. And it's uh, going to be along the lines of learning the basics, getting a solid education. Uh, we'll be doing at least three sessions a year. The first session is going to be 16 weeks and two more sessions at 12 weeks. Okay. That's kind of uh, how that's kind of like how Lance Storm does his program as well. Am I wrong about that? Exactly. You're okay. correct. Yeah, and I, I actually uh, emailed Lance on a few things because I I wanted to know how how people were doing their schools uh, all across the country. Booker has a has a really great school in Houston as well. Absolutely. But like I think the Lance, reality the reality of wrestling, Booker would right. be upset. It's not just Booker T's wrestling school. Reality of wrestling. All right. I'm sorry. You are correct, Booker, but he does have a school. Yes. But with reality of wrestling, you are correct. And, yes. and uh, so we, we, we talked with a few people. Um, of course, I did train the guys in FCW and uh, in McDonough, Georgia as well with Deep South Wrestling. And then when we first started in 1996 in Stanford. But it was a, it was a different system back then, obviously. So what we're trying to do is give those who want an opportunity and who are serious about training uh, to come to the Jacobs Pritchard Wrestling Academy, the JPWA, and uh, we will be training five nights a week. And one of those nights is going to be dedicated to character development, promos, and uh, uh, finding out who you are and how to communicate in professional wrestling. It's not just about the holds. It's not just about the moves. It's about getting over and learning how to communicate. So that's that's our plan. Uh, we're going to have one hour a night of strength and conditioning as well. So we're going to help everybody in, in all aspects of the business learning um, what they need to know if they want to go on and actually be a uh, professional wrestler slash sports entertainer. I mean, it's not just the one big company anymore. There's Ring of Honor. There's uh, Reality of Wrestling. There's a lot of independence. A AIW uh, or AEW, I'm, I think, in North Carolina. There's an AIW. There's an AAW. There's an ACW. There's many. My gosh. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but but there's a lot of people that we're, we, we have uh, communication with, and we, we were trying to uh, uh, give everyone who comes – through the JPWA and an opportunity to uh, take advantage of that. That's all. And so you've obviously such a pedigree in, in training great names, the rock Shane McMahon, Kurt Angle, Mark Henry, Dolph Ziggler, the Bellas. I'll just throw those out there. Um, what's the difference in training wrestlers now, as opposed to, you know, 20 years ago, what, what is the difference now? I don't know if there's necessarily any difference in the attitude. I just think there's a difference in the climate and the and the lay of the land. Uh, the the I guess the major difference would be uh, the amount of uh, places you can go now. I mean, there are 
independents that are opening up and there are independents that, that have really made a wave. I mean, when you look at what happened in Chicago last year, this year, uh, man, who could have ever thought that would happen? So, you know, there's a lot of opportunities. Like I said, it used to be, if you didn't go to WWE, you weren't going to make a, a living in this business. But you know, there's so many people out there who are right now who, who've never been to the let's say big show like WWE, but they're doing pretty good, uh, making a living, doing what they love and, uh, having a, having a great time at it, man, having a lot of fun. And that's really what this business is about. I think you have to enjoy it. You have to have fun when you get in the ring and you really have to love this to be good at it. How do you think WWE's positioned going into 2019? I mean, you yourself are saying right now, there's all these other places to work that are taking off. 2018 was a really banner year for Ring of Honor, New Japan. Impact has seen a resurgence recently. Do you see WWE as confidently, strongly the top dog, or do you think that this is slowly going to gravitate towards a more level playing field? No, I, I my opinion at this time that we're that we are speaking, WWE will be the king for years to come, just because of the magnitude of what they have. I mean, there are layers and layers of talent and performance center in Orlando, uh, and and the just just by, by the sheer uh, magnitude of what they are able to do, um, I don't see anybody overtaking or even coming close. To well, WWE success. I you, mean, not not anytime soon. You you bring up. I'm I'm here in Chicago. I was at All In. I was sitting in the press booth, and that was. Yeah. I, I I don't know. If, were you at the event? Were you hanging out backstage? No, no, no. I was not. I I, I saw. I did watch the event, but I didn't see it. No, it, I mean, I, I wasn't there live. It was Tom. It was unlike anything I've ever been around in pro wrestling. Ten thousand fans. They're all the hardest of hardcore fans who know Adam Page as well as they know Shawn Michaels, and they were going nuts, right? Now they those those guys, you know, there's a lot of smoke around the idea they could be working with the Jacksonville Jaguars owner. That's a very interesting proposition. What do you what do you think about that situation? I think that is a very interesting proposition. But if you remember when I think it was Pedro Martinez and who else in the '70s it started with uh, the Red Sox? Uh, Who's the guy that owned the Red Sox? Einhorn, Eddie Einhorn. Yeah, sure. Uh, in the in the are, were you around back then? Are you, are you old enough to remember the I'm '70s there. when when Einhorn and, and Mil Mascaras was their champion? Ugh. The IWA, Ernie Ladd, and Ox Baker, and all these guys. Don't get me wrong; the climate is certainly changed. And there is a possibility. But what will happen, in my humble opinion, is as soon as somebody gets hot, the WWE is smart enough to say, here's twice as much as you're making there. We're going to steal you and bring you over here. Look what happened to uh, Ricochet. I mean, look what happened to a lot of talented guys. They got them, uh, for lack of a better description, pissing in the tent instead of pissing out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I I understand there is a level of success that these guys have already found. Cody and the Young Guns, man, have earned so much respect, and I admire these guys. I'm so proud of what they did. Um, but I think that it, 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 it takes talent to make uh, a company, and you have to have loyal talent, and I'm sure they do. Don't get me wrong. But it, it remains to be seen. But this is – let me say this. This is one of the reasons that we went ahead and ventured into this wrestling academy because of things like Chicago, because of things and the rumors going on that uh, uh, somebody else, a, a big investor, might be interested. But 
you have to get buildings, you have to go around, and you have to have healthy talent, and you have to have guys who, who really uh, can draw. And it, they, they proved it in Chicago, like you said, 10,000 screaming fans who loved it. So, you know, it's different flavors of ice cream. It, if you don't love WWE or don't like what they're doing, well, my God, you, you got this group over here. So that's that's the great thing about professional wrestling today. Everybody says it's, well, not everybody, but I've heard a few people say that it's dead. I, I think it's far from dead. Oh, no way. Yeah, I, I just think there's there's different flavors and there's different um, options now, which is which is really, really great and really, really, really cool to see, not just for uh, – you know, guys who can't necessarily get in WWE right now, but for the kids who, who are so talented and have nowhere else to, to perform, uh, they, they'll, they'll be showcased in these yeah. venues and avenues, and, and it'd be great. Now, when you, so you, like you say, there's so many places for guys to go work now if you have talent. Um, what do you look for when you get raw talent coming through the door first day? What are you looking for? In a wrestler, what are the what are the first things you look for? Well, when I see somebody, do they stand out to me? Is there something about their personality? Is there something about that aura? Is there something about when they walk through that door? Is there is there a, a mystery to them? It's a, the perfect example for me was Dean Ambrose. The first time I mm. saw Ambrose come through the door in Tampa, he was not the biggest guy in the world. He wasn't a spectacular looking guy by any stretch of the imagination, but on the other side of that coin, he was everything that was and that, that, that screamed entertainer, professional wrestler. There was mystery to him. He didn't let everybody know about what was going on. He didn't let everybody know about where he came from. He didn't let everybody know his secrets. He, he kind of kept th- close to his ve- things close to his vest. But when he got in the ring, he had talent. He had feeling. He believed it. And that's what I look for in a wrestler. Do they believe who they are when they're walking in the door? Do I believe who they are when they walk to the ring? And, and I steal this quote all the time. If it looks good, you'll see it. If it's marketed right, you'll buy it. If it sounds good, you'll hear it. But if it's real, you will feel it. And it goes for the performer and anybody else who steps in the ring. But that's what I look for. Are you feeling it? Do you feel it? Do you really love this? Because it te- it shows. It shows in every movement you do. And that's what I look when I, I, I that's what I look for when I see a performer or, or see a young person. When I say young person, I'm talking, man, like in your, your teens or your 20s right. who come to us or who have come to me. And I've heard, I've heard this before. Um, I'll do anything, anything in the world to be a professional wrestler. I, I know that feeling because I had it. I, I, had, I felt the same way. So I understand what they're feeling if they really feel it. The- and that's what I look for. I mean, can you feel it? Can you make me feel it? And and that's the secret. Now, to the other end of that, is there anybody that you did not ha- see that it factor in that eventually did go on to become very successful? Um, you know, I can't not right off hand. I really can't uh, can't say there was anybody necessarily. Uh, I I don't. I really don't like to have negative feelings or thoughts in in class about anybody because I've been shocked. Uh, and, and I've been disappointed, too. I've been shocked by the guys who I thought were going to make it, and, and all of a sudden they didn't. Um, Is it, can you give us a good yeah. example of that? Was there somebody you're like, this guy, next Hogan, I, I feel it, and then just didn't work? Uh, Mason Ryan's a good example. Mason Ryan's huh. a great example of a guy who still has talent. He's doing Circus Olay right now, as a matter of fact. That's right. He's the but archer. He, he was one of those guys yeah. who, 
yeah, he you, he he looked the part. He was the part. He is the part. For whatever reason, and and only the powers that be know uh, why he didn't go any farther than he did. But he's he he was one of those guys. I thought can't miss, can't miss. Yeah, big man, Nexus. Mason, yeah, man. I, I saw him. I think three years ago in Germany. I did a, a, a three week stint over there. And he looked fantastic. He was slimmed down, but he was still in great shape. Um, and, and he was happy. That's the thing, too. He was happy. Man. Um, what do you feel like is the most common piece of advice you give to wrestlers now? Uh, I think the most common piece of advice is have fun. Enjoy what you're doing when you go out there. But also just remember it's business. Keep the mystery about you. And not just with the fans. But, I mean, don't tell everybody everything there is to know about you treat it like a business but but you have to have fun you have to enjoy this without enjoying this it's it's going to be complete drudgery and you can't relax uh the, the key when you get in the ring and i know this again like every young guy who's ever got in professional wrestling i will guarantee that somebody has told you to slow down take your time relax but be intense Go a little quicker. You know, so you're getting all these uh, uh, do this, but do that. Do that, but don't do this. And, and, and it gets confusing until you realize, oh, wait a minute. It's a work. You have to find out what fits you. We can't just make what, what works for me may not work for you. So you have to find that. And I think the secret to being a coach is to, to give enough room for creativity and also give enough advice to say, hey, what if you try and what if you take this out of your repertoire? Uh, Seamus, when he was training, you know, I remembered Stan Hansen doing the big forearms on the chest. And that was one of the things we talked about when he was in FCW. And now you see it in pretty much every match he does. Yeah. You know, he, he hammers the guy, but it's in safe places. And a big guy like that has to hit hard. But it doesn't have to be dangerous. And that's that's the key. That's the balancing act right there is, is a lot of guys don't understand. We say be intense. That doesn't mean go and kill your opponent. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you have to lay it in. You have to tell a story, though, uh, because you can't you can't hurt the guy you're working with. Otherwise, nobody is going to want to work with you. Um, you, uh, you just did a great two-part episode of the Steve Austin show, which I'll plug for everybody to go listen to as well. Um, and one of the things you brought up was somebody interesting that you trained, uh, at one point, your boss, Vince McMahon. Uh, how weird is that to train your boss as opposed to just like another recruit? For me at that time, especially in my life, it was kind of weird. He and Bruce have a different relationship than, than he and I do, but it was it was kind of cool because in those training sessions, I got to see a different side of Vince that, that I knew existed because Bruce had told me how he is. Um, but now I was experiencing it, and I was always just one of the boys. I was never – trust me, I was a horrible office guy. I probably still am, no doubt. But, but I was always one of the boys. And when Vince came to train, he was more like one of the boys. And um, that was very cool. Uh, but at the same time, I, I just uh, – I knew what I was there for. And when we talked, you know, uh, he, he, was, he, could, he could relate. He could empath, empathize. 
have empathy, empathize. Empathize. Is that the word I'm trying to say? He could feel what you're feeling or make you believe he felt what you're feeling. He was, he was just a really cool guy when we, when we were training and was it weird at times? Yes. But then it became kind of cool because I felt like, well, man, if I can do this with Vince, I can do it pretty much with anybody because whereas Vince was, the boss and and you knew he was clumsy and you knew he was going to hurt you or or, or it's going to hit you and, and and it didn't matter because he was the boss you could do whatever he wanted sure. um it, it was very very cool to uh to actually have that opportunity to, to to get to know him like that and be in there with him yeah now you uh when you were in uh, the wwe wwf tag team champions it was obviously with the body donnas was was he the one to pitch you and uh, Chris that gimmick, or <laughs> yeah, no? yeah, he was, and I, you know, this that's one of the, my biggest regrets because uh, it was in Madison Square Garden, and it was during a horrible time in my life. I hated the body Donna gimmick. I really did. I I, I hated it with a What's passion. What's the hate? Two men, well oiled, right? Yeah, what? yeah. Well, that wasn't the only thing, but he, but he, he actually, uh, actually, I think it was somebody else who pitched it to us. But he pitched it. He pitched. Let's let's get rid of Sonny and and put, you know, a transvestite with you guys. And I thought, what? And Chris, God bless him, he he said, I think that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. And I thought, oh God, here we go. Uh, you know, and this was before we started training. So this was before the training deal. And I just thought, oh man, I was in no mood. I was in no place to uh, speak up. And I was just happy to be there at that time. I mean, it was a low, low, low time in my life. And and uh, but he pitched. Let's get rid of Sonny and put, uh, you know, Cloudy with you. And I thought, wow, that's going to get over. But I knew at that time I think we were pretty well sunk, or at least that's that's the way I felt. I think it was uh, uh, it was probably Bruce who, who pitched the Body Donna deal. And he said, how would you like to cut your hair and dye it blonde? And I yeah. said, no, not, I don't. I wouldn't. And he said, okay, great. Hung up on me. I thought, hmm. Well, uh, we're kind of in limbo here. What do we do? So I called him back. That's just here, man. Let's go ahead and do it. All the time, all the while, thinking I could get out of it somehow. And uh, I never came up with that brilliant idea. So I yeah. cut my hair, dyed it blonde, and uh, the rest is history. Do you uh, do you keep up with the the current product at all, or no? I, I do to a point, but but you know, three hours and then two hours on Tuesday. You know, three on Monday, two on Tuesday. It's a lot to watch, man. But I. I Honest to God, I, I actually do just keep up with uh, a lot of the results on Wrestling yeah. Inc. But Good. I do watch. I mean, I do watch. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm just wondering because, like, tag team wrestling right now in WWE is, is kind of interesting. They're, like, hot and cold on it. Like, they've fully rallied behind the women, it seems like. But why don't you think that they've seemingly embraced tag team wrestling the same way as, you know, like the women's division? Uh, number one, I, I think... And I've always heard this, and, I, and and after realizing it and being in the office, I do understand it's a economic uh, decision. You know, you, instead of having one guy or one match, you know, you have two guys in one match, you have four guys in one match. So uh, do you invest that on TV? I mean, you have the bar, um, you have the Usos, you have, uh, gosh, New Day. who else? New Day. New, oh God, I love New Day. By the way, I, I love New Day. I mean, not only were they great guys in FCW, but I mean, uh, they're they're just great guys. Period. And I think they're very entertaining. Um, do you keep so those guys I, together? I hate to change that, but do you keep them together? Or is it time for something different with them? 
I don't know. I, I really don't know. I like them together. I really do. I still love them together. They're 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 freebird esque, you know, freebird freebird esque. Sure. If that's a word too, I don't care. I'll make up all kind of new words, but they're very freebirdish, I guess, mm-hmm. and and they're still very entertaining to me. I don't I I don't think they're ready to be broken up. And what would you do with them individually? I mean, I think they're stronger as a group. Now, Big E, you know, if you you get him in a singles, um, of course. He's, he's going to shine no matter what. And I think Kofi and Xavier will shine too. But I love them right now as a, a team. Do you see Big E as future world champion material? Anything is possible in WWE. I sure do. I could see him as a world champion. Yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm just interested. Um, yeah. Uh, well, uh, Tom, I wanna, I'll bring you back. Let's chat again sometime. I feel like you're not going anywhere. I have more questions. Um, but you were wonderful today. Is there anything else? You want to leave everybody maybe some place they can find more info about JP Wrestling Academy and the courses coming up? By all means, just check out jpwrestlingacademy.com for all the information uh, and updates on what we're doing. Like I said, the first session starts January 7th. We have an open house on January 3rd at D1 Sports Complex on Hardin Valley Road. And, uh, man, I look forward to talking to you again, Nick. I really appreciate it. Michael Wiseman here at WrestleCade with Mark Mira. Doing great today, right? Man, I'm having such a good time. Look at the place is just packed today. Dude, this place is crazy. This is um, this convention has gotten bigger every year. It seems like. Have you been here before? Uh, this, I, I've never been to this one before. Sure. But um, this is, I guess, it's one of the biggest ones out there. This is one of those things where this convention draws in so many people. I think it's going to be one of the premier conventions. It already is, but it's going to be bigger and bigger every year. Here's what I'd love to talk to you about, though. Listen, everybody knows you from the Attitude Era, your, your gimmick back then, how famous you were. I'd love to talk to you about the work you've done outside of wrestling. Tell me a little bit about your public speaking, what you're doing, going around, touring, all of that. What's going on with you these days? Well, you know, there's no, there's no greater joy than helping another person. And um, I started a program called Champion of Choices. This is my 12th year speaking at schools. We talk to students about anti-bullying, suicide prevention, uh, substance abuse, and the depression and anxiety that kids are facing today is is, is un, un, unimaginable of some things that we went through as kids to what's happening to these kids today. It seems like we're in such a rough climate politically right now, just interpersonally, things are so rough. What's the advice you would give to our audience, to everybody out there about how can we make uh, make America great again to a certain extent? Or how can we make society better? Well, first of all, we all go through stuff. I mean, life is not easy, you know? And, and I often tell people, you know, that... that it, that you, the, there's, there's two types of people in the world. There's people that say something needs to be done, and then there's a person that says, I want to go out there and do something. And I'll be honest, I've been guilty for many years of my life saying something needs to be done, but I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to go out there. I wanted to share my story. We all have a voice. And, and I think if more people start using their voice, more people start uh, getting engaged and helping other people, uh, realizing that we, 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 we are all uh, hurting in, in some way or another in our life. And if we help each other, maybe if we start... Uh, praying for each other more than talking about each other right. things will change yeah praying for each other I like that helping each other not bad mouthing each other i've got to ask you we are standing here in front of this masters of ring entertainment do you mind telling our audience a little bit about what is masters of ring what can they find out about it and what do we need to know well uh I, you know i've been booked a lot in my life yeah. i've never met anybody as nice as bambi weevil and and her her program is just incredible they treat you first class and i can't say more nice things about um 
of MD Weevil and her company. It's just amazing. So tell us a little bit about it for those who don't know what Masters of Ring Entertainment is. Um, explain to them kind of in a nutshell, what is that? Give us the 30 second spiel. Well, Masters of Ring Entertainment is a program that they book wrestlers around the country. Uh, they have a production company. Uh, they do some wonderful videos uh, that, that, gosh, if, if you don't get one of their videos, go to their website and uh, check it out and uh, get in touch with Bambi we Weevil. If, if fans want to team up with you these days because you have so much going on, what's the best way for them to connect with you personally? Uh, you know, just you go to our website, which is thinkpos, which is poz.org, or uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, under my name, Mark Merrow, and Mark is with a C, M-E-R-O. Last question here. Uh, you've done so much both inside the ring, outside the ring, in the world. Uh, what is your tombstone? What is your epitaph? What do you want that to say for your life? <sighs> Don't quit. <laughs> Never give up, man. Life is precious, and so are you. Joe Coff, Ring of Honors, Joe Coff. Joe, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you, Nick, for having me. Always a, always a great conversation. Now, I just want to start off kind of broadly here. We're going to get into specifics. We're going to talk about what's going on with Ring of Honor going into 2019. But just from your perspective, let's take a look back here. How has Ring of Honor changed over the years since you've come aboard? Over the years or over this year? Over the years. Like, when did you start with Ring of Honor, Joe? 2011. Our first television show was uh, September 24th of 2011. And, and what is the difference now with Ring of Honor as opposed to when you came on board in 2011, Joe? Well, I, I think we've, we've been transforming and, and, and certainly growing and certainly taking Ring of Honor to a, a different level. And, and that's because of our ownership and because what we were able to bring to ring of honor immediately on that september 24th when we were able to be in on our in our stations covering probably close to 40 percent of the country with a regular tv program an hour weekly program that has not been repeated and as a matter of fact uh this weekend's program is is is, is in almost in the 380s if it's not or 370 late 370s so that's a lot of programming uh, you know to equate that to uh the the non uh, the non TV person that means that we've done 370 plus original hours of content since we began and I think that's played a big part of it because it gives us exposure it gave the brand exposure and it allowed us to build the brand organically to match its growth and to to match its need um, I don't think there's any question as to the level of wrestling that we're seeing not only artistically and, and athletically. But if anyone comes to the shows, and you've been to our shows, Nick, of course, and I'm sure many of your readers, readers and listeners have, yeah. production-wise, experience-wise, we're constantly, constantly pushing that level because the wrestlers' experience and the fans' experience are really, really important to me. Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about uh, the parent uh, company. You talk about uh, Sinclair. How is Sinclair's attitude towards Ring of Honor changed uh, since 2011. Uh, recently, I know they went on record as uh, classifying Ring of Honor as an unpolished gym in their arsenal. Well, gem, not gym. gym. An unpolished gem. Right. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think that was very complimentary. I mean, basically, they, they give us all the support we need. It's, um, you know, this is really, other than news producing content, which we do, you know, 1,400 hours a week, um, this is really our our only really consistent non non news producing content, and you know they they took a flyer back in 2011. 
they believed in me. They believed in what I said about the brand. And, you know, on, on August, on, excuse me, on April 6th, we're going to be sold out in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I think that's a great journey. And, uh, you know, it's part of the path. And I think they recognize that and they understand that. And um, they've seen the brand. They see it's being asked about. People are constantly mentioning to them Ring of Honor, which is, is, is nice. It's nice for me, certainly, because it validates a lot of what we're doing. But, you know, it's a product and it's a, it's, it's a product that they own and a brand that they own. And it's a brand that they can be proud of. And it's originally produced and it's ours and it's homegrown. And it's all the right things a company would want to have. Absolutely. Are they going to come to the Madison Square Garden show? Or are there going to be more Sinclair officials there? There's certainly there's always Sinclair officials at our shows, Nick. They they, they don't <laughs> wear big badges that say it, but uh, you know I I think if the timing is right, I'm, I think it's a show everyone would want to be at. So um, I, I welcome them. They're always welcome at, at at our shows. Yeah. Now, obviously, you know while we're talking Sinclair, you know they've come under fire uh, recently and in the past. Uh, you bring up their news shows, uh, the new must read segment that got a lot of heat uh, about what was going down at the border. Do you ever worry about? Ring of Honor fans souring or being turned off by the product, knowing the relationship that uh, exists with Sinclair in the news programs? I think not at all. Um, That doesn't mean that there aren't people that aren't aware of it, but that is an overblown, overplayed, really media kind of fodder that people like to pick on and and pick up on. Um, You know, those, those situations are so, they're so immaterial to the amount of, content that we produce it just gets it gets picked up because people like to, to pick that stuff up um it, it it never crosses it very rarely i could tell you that the number of people who have told me that they would not watch ring of honor because we're owned by sinclair maybe has been one person in seven years so i think that's a pretty good record yeah, I, I just had to bring it. You know, I get ready for these interviews, and I ask people what they want to hear you talk about, and they're like, "Well, ask him about that." You know, people get real oh, hot yeah. about and, it. You know, yeah, and I'm I'm not I'm not shying away from it. I mean, we live in that world, but you know, it's 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 overblown, it's overplayed, and you know, it's it's just not. A, it, it has nothing to do with what we do. There's no politics inside of Ring of Honors. Any fan would know. We operate we operate autonomously to that to that whole scenario. So I think Ring of Honor would be the same regardless of who the owner was. And the owner, you know, the owner really, the owner really just supports the product as it needs to be supported, not from any kind of editorial or, 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 or political bent. For sure. So nobody from the news team at Sinclair is coming over to Ring of Honor and saying, hey, would you guys mind doing a, an angle or a story? No creative input like that from Sinclair in regards to kind of some of the other stuff they do at the news program. Well, the only, I will say this, and I, I, give, I give our company credit. They certainly take advantage of when Ring of Honor is in town. We have done live, live weather shots from events, mm. and we certainly, uh, we certainly go on their, the morning shows and their, their, you know, their, their midday shows and stuff like that. We get a tremendous amount of synergistic support from the company, as you would expect. Yeah. And uh, always positive. The stations love having the wrestlers on and, and, you know, and playing with them. Our guys are very playful. They're also very good on the air. Our our news anchors are so professional. And, you know, I I think the best in the country when it comes to presenting the news in the local market. And, 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 you know, Nick, it really comes down to that. We're going to spend a little time on this. Sure. Let's talk about it. This is this is local. Our our stations are local stations. there's not anything national. There's things that happen nationally in the news that everyone covers, but 
our news is for the local markets and they cover what's important in the local markets. And, you know, there's never been any real articles about our Newburn station during the floods or our Chico Redding stations during the fires. These people were dedicated to keeping the people informed for 72 hours straight. We jerry rigged we jerry rigged studios to make sure that we could serve our local communities. I mean, this is what a news organization is supposed to be, and this is what we're proud of in Sinclair. We serve our communities. We connect with the people in our communities, and that's what we do. And when our wrestlers go into the marketplaces, it's because we're appearing in those communities. So it, 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 it's consistent with everything we do, and it just makes sense, again, because we're a local – these are local stations serving their local communities. When we come into their local communities, we become part of that community, and it works perfectly. Well, I mean, I'll play devil's advocate here. Obviously, you're you're right. These are local stations that do great local coverage uh, a lot of the time. But then, you know, these must-read segments that have gotten heat from people, these are national stories. You know, I don't know how a uh, uh, border, you know, war down in Texas affects people in New Jersey or anything like that. But they're picking up national stories. And I think it's kind of the defense—I mean, I guess it's obviously the side that, that Sinclair seems to have taken in the argument in defending some of these actions here. Do you, do you wish that Sinclair would maybe pull back— on some of these no, must-run national stories, absolutely not. Because I, I, I think it's, I think it's a tempest in the teapot. I think it's, it's, it's overblown. We're, we're commenting on, you know, you're talking about commentary. First of all, not news, commentary. People have a right to comment. The newspapers do it all the time in their op-ed pieces and their editorial pages. Stations do editorials. Stations do things like that. I just, I just think we just get an inordinate amount of press for things yeah. like that that I think are unnecessary. Well, but you know the that's local. Personal, that's personal. But again, Nick, yeah. I don't want to. Let's not. Let's. This is a separate conversation. Let's let's stay on the wrestling. I don't want sure. to cut it short, but I, I want to make sure that we cover the wrestling. Absolutely, that's important to me. Yeah. Well, and again, you know, it, this is it's all you know. Sinclair is the parent company of Ring of Honor. It was something that was brought up to me that people wanted me to ask you about. Um, well, you can keep I, – I, like I said, I'm not defensive about it, and I hope this doesn't come off as defensive. For sure. I'm proud of what we do. I stand behind what we do. I, it really is a much broader context than Ring of Honor because, like I said, you know, when we saluted the, when we saluted the, 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 uh, the people that were killed in Pittsburgh with a very, very stirring, chilling memorial at the start of our event last month, nobody picked that up. Nobody cared to talk about that. I wasn't looking for the press. I didn't do it for the press. I did it for the people, and I did it to let the people know that we're a company that cares about the communities we wrestle in. All right. And 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 that's what's important to me. Uh, I will so. say I will say non politically about Sinclair. Uh, since they have said nice things about Ring of Honor recently, are there plans for Sinclair to put more resources into Ring of Honor in 2019? I mean, as you know, obviously with the Ring of Honor TV. Sometimes the the stories on television that are going out don't always sync up with the live events necessarily. Is there any talk about maybe making the ROH TV content a little bit more timely or even going live in 2019 at any point? Yeah, all those things are always being discussed. And like I said, we, we, we have a plan for 2019. And uh, every year that we've owned the company, Ring of Honor, we've seen improvements right throughout, whether it be um, production improvements, arena improvements, talent improvements. Um, this is this is a company that's built to grow and built to last, and uh, you know, thank goodness I have that kind of support behind me. Absolutely, yeah. I, I'm friends with some of your production people. I know you guys are top notch in that regards. I mean, I was thank at you. I was at All In, which was a, uh, it was not really a Ring of Honor. Sh- I mean, it's not really a Ring of Honor show. It was Cody and the Bucks doing their thing. How much influence did Ring of Honor 
have uh, on the All In show. A lot of the production elements kind of seemed Ring of Honor esque uh, when I was watching it. Yeah, I don't think it was any secret. We we they asked us to to be part of that and to help produce that program. So of course you're going to see things that look like it because those were the elements that they liked that we do on a on a regular basis that just translated very well into their program. Mm-hmm. But um, you know they were creative. We were we were the production. So we had a lot to do with what the final look was from the event in the arena as well as the television uh, from a production side. We worked very closely with them. They were terrific to work with. It's such an interesting relationship that you all have with with the Bucks and Cody right now. I mean, I was just listening to the Bucks just last night. They were on Petey Williams' podcast. They were praising you. They were praising Ring of Honor for letting them let their hair down and do things like this. How, How are negotiations going with these guys? Can we expect to see the elite, the Bucks, Cody, in Ring of Honor in 2019? Um, I, I, I don't I don't think so. And I don't think that that's new news either. I mean, you know, they are they, they definitely have something in mind. And, and, and I got to tell you something, Nick, and and I, I really feel this way. I, I'm very thankful for for Cody and the Young Bucks and Paige and, and their contributions to Ring of Honor. I think they were part of our great year and they, they had a good they, they, they played a big part. They'll always be a part of the ROH family. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm always excited when when people choose to take a different direction or go in a different direction, um, because it's exciting for them as they embark on whatever their next chapter in their lives are. And these, these guys are very, very good marketers and very strong. But, you know, and you know this, Nick, because you've been following us a long time. Absolutely. Throughout the years, we've provided wrestlers a unique platform to showcase their talents to worldwide audiences. We're, we're so proud of our wrestlers who've not only gone on to successful careers outside of ROH, but the ones who would continue to stay here because they understand what Ring of Honor represents. Um, you know, changes, of course, in the business are natural. And I can't think of any other sport business that doesn't face the same thing around, uh, you know, I'm reading the hot, if you're a hot stove baseball fan. Right now, they're in the midst of that. People are free agents. People are choosing not to resign with teams or choosing to look at what else is out there. This is just part of the natural order of sports. Um, but, you know, there's never been a shortage of exceptional and deserving talent. And we're willing to take advantage of their opportunities if they want to take advantage of ours. So I, I'm, I'm just excited about what we have going forward, and I'm excited for what we did. And uh, those guys played a very, very critical part of that, but they were just part of it. I mean, there was so much more to Ring of Honor, but they certainly, certainly, they certainly enlivened us, and I thank them for that. It's always nice to have a big elephant when you come to town with the circus, right? They've been a nice it, big it elephant, is. you know, for you guys for a while now. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I um. Uh, I wanted to ask you kind of point blank. I mean, you talk about whatever opportunity they have next. Do you get the vibe that these guys are going to be not just signing with another promotion, but maybe launching their own promotion? That's what this all elite wrestling thing seems to look like. Yeah. I, 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 is it a vibe? I mean, it's, I read what you read. Like, <laughs> I really do. I mean, I, I, I don't have any, I wish I could say I have the inside on that. Sure. Um, you know, they've had great success working together in the way they work together. And, um, you know, I only, you know, I only hope that they continue to have that success because they deserve that kind of success. But I really don't know what, what that what that means yet, because they haven't announced anything. Nothing's been announced. Um, and until that time comes, I mean, to speculate on that would be, you know, we, it would just be senseless. Yeah. Uh, here, I'll throw a couple names out. You know, we talk about, you know, it doesn't sound like the elite crew will be around through 19. Um, but there's some great free agents out there right now. Austin Aries has popped up. 
uh, and Ring of Honor in the past year. Do you think we'll see? He has. Do you think wrestled we'll see, with us in the past? Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah, former world champion, I believe, in Ring of Honor. Um, yep. Do you do you all have plans to maybe keep uh, Aries in the mix? Do you think we'll see him more in 2019? You know that those are better questions for our creative people. Okay. You know, um, okay. I I don't really. I mean, I, they'll they'll tell me who they think, and and of course they'll ask for. For, for my thoughts, but I, I don't really get involved in that. Well, for you, I mean, who do you see as, like, let's say, like, the top five guys in Ring of Honor in 2019? Well, I think Marty has to be up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Lethal will always be up in there. Um, Jeff Cobb is an extremely exciting performer. Oof. I mean, yeah. love watching him. Um, Flip Gordon, Matt Taven. I mean, I, I probably can go deeper than five, but, you know, we, you know how, how do you not – even acknowledge the the Briscoes at this point. They wrestle like they did the, when when they started into the business. They're hard hitting. They're professional. They're exciting. Um, so, and the Kingdom. I mean, again, let's go to let's go beyond Matt Taven and let's go to go to TK and, and and Vinny. I mean, we 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 have no shortage of talent, which is why Ring of Honor is so exciting to me, and why we have always always um, delivered our product because we wrestle a brand, we wrestle a style. And regardless of who's wrestling that brand or wrestling that style, the fans' expectations have always been met. Uh, by the way, I hadn't even realized we've almost gone 20 minutes as it is. Uh, you're awesome to talk to. I love chatting with you. Uh, one of the last things I guess I'll bring up here is it does seem like, uh, you know, we talk about interesting relationships with, with you guys and the elite and all the things. But the other interesting relationship has always kind of been you guys in WWE. Sometimes I feel like they like you and they let you guys get away with stuff. Sometimes uh, I hear from talent that they're like poaching off you guys and it kind of seems a little bit more predatory. What do you how do you feel the relationship is with WWE going into 2019 right now? I don't think it's any different than it's been. And I, I don't know that I would uh, necessarily, you know, agree that they allow me to do what I do. I well, mean, they don't allow me to do anything. I point to and the I don't mean, And I don't mean it that way. I mean, sure. they have their business to run. I have my business to run. And, uh, you know, if, if, if they cross paths positively, then I think that's fantastic. But if they don't, and, and business is business, and I think that was evidenced in the Madison Square Garden yeah. um, scenario. And, 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 and it's, I, I, look, I grew up on the WWE. I, I think they're an amazing business. I, I've always said this, and I will continue to say this. What they have done for the business is fantastic. They are the business. They're really, really good at it. Um, everything about it is, is, is first class, but they're not the only thing in the business. And not everyone, is, not everyone needs to be at the WWE. They might aspire to be at the WWE. And if they can take them all, then they should. And if the guys want to go there, they should. But, you know... I, I, I like to think I have a good relationship with all people in the business because they don't run my business. I don't run their business, and I just respect what they do, and I hope that they have the same respect for, for Ring of Honor. Um, there's plenty of room in this, in, in this space, Nick, for a lot of promotions, and if we just all do our business and just concentrate on delivering the experience for the fan and delivering a good bottom line to our business, then everybody benefits. You know, it's the wrestling industry right now is as fluid as it's ever been with so much talent from around the world looking for opportunities for that showcase. ROH will always be able to provide those opportunities. And, and you know what? To me, the whole is greater than the sums of the parts. I know it's corny and it sounds businessy, but, you know, wrestling's really great right now. And it's really great right now because the people in it are really great right now. And competition is good for business. 
and that's what we're seeing right now. I'm sure you see it as a writer. It's a good time to be writing for wrestling. Yes, I was just talking to my boss, Raj Geary, and our social media director, Josh Gagnon, this morning, and uh, we were like, remember when we had slow weeks? That was great. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know? yeah. so, I mean it, it, you know, it, it's good for everybody. Yeah. And, 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 and that's what's exciting right now about, about this time. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, Ring of Honor heading back to New York December 14th. Final battle uh, is going down. Uh, the main event, Jay Lethal putting the title on the line against Cody Rhodes uh, or Cody. Cody is threatening to win the title, take it into free agency. How do you feel about that? Well, if he does it, then we'll have to deal with it. Um, you know, I, I think Jay's a pretty good, for, formidable competitor, and he's been a great champion. And I don't think it'll be a walk in the park for either. Um, but as always, the best man will win, and th- that speaks to itself. Joe, I can't thank you enough. I asked you some harder questions this time. You took every one of them. You didn't shy away. I, I really appreciate that, Joe. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned this weekend. We've got a big editorial dropping with Brian from Brian Wool, uh, look, taking a look at the uh, potential feuds for Lawler Sullivan on the main roster. And, of course, go check out Chair Shot Reality. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.